<clears throat> Welcome to the One Life One Chance podcast. I'm your host Toby Morris. <laughs> That's Derek Green, as you can tell. Once again, Derek's here blessing blessing the podcast. Thank you for with having his, me. With this wonderful presence. I'm really hoping that I don't know what's going to happen in the future with Derek, like as far as going back on tour and us going yeah. our separate touring ways. So I appreciate you being here now during the whole lockdown. You being on the pod with me, I appreciate, I appreciate you. you, man. And Thank so, you. so as we said we were going to do. And mm-hmm. as we've never done before, right. we mentioned when Ephraim was on here that he said he would love to come back and then do a deep dive of our catalogs, whatever, and come back on the podcast for part two. Fans and listeners, you guys reacted. You want it. So yeah. here we go, part two. First time ever. Welcome back to the podcast, Mr. Ephraim Schultz. Oh, snap. What's up? And he's going he, to be taking What's over the happening? podcast. This is the first podcast that I had to have no notes to prepare for asking That's somebody great. else questions. It's a good feeling, He's right? got notes. He's got his fucking... <laughs> Uh, iPad. I mean, it's fucking computer. yeah. There's technological yeah. stuff. So Ephraim, <laughs> with further ado, Ephraim, you, you can kick this podcast off. Let's do I it. I got my ColecoVision open. Coming in. I'm ready Coleco to go. <laughs> His iPod. Yeah, my my iPod Touch. Um, it's got all my notes Coleco in it, man. <laughs> are you are you, ner- are you nervous? Are you good? I'm a little nervous. I've never done this, Fuck but I'm excited. That. You're good. I'm, okay, I'm excited. So, excited. it's all you've, good. You've it's never interviewed anybody I'm ever. I'm nervously excited, like a good nervous. Yeah, I get that. You know yeah. what I mean? I've interviewed I feel you, before. man. I know. All right. right, so Ephraim, take it away. This is your podcast. All right, so check it out. What's up, man? How you doing? I'm good, man. <laughs> We're going to go head-to-head, both of you guys, cool. and kind of follow your timelines of your bands okay. from where your records start to now. Cool. All right. I've never done this ever, and that's why I'm excited. Okay. And, and, and so, okay. Now, if <laughs> I would use one word to describe both of you, mm-hmm. it would be output. Okay. okay. Because All right. I was thinking pragmatic. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Let the host I, talk. I was thinking <laughs> sorry, sorry, super sexy. But, uh, that too. But. So I would use the word output because whether it's music or through other avenues, you guys have constant output, constant output. That's right. mm. and, and I, I mean, you with the band and with recording a bunch of records and touring and everything else you do in your life, right? Yeah. And you just going in a fucking overtime and making like fucking... 50 records with several turrets, you know what I mean? It's crazy, yeah. man. You made a lot of records. Yeah, we, I, I realized that. We only made six albums in 26 years hmm. and one cover album. That's not, that's, that's, that's bad. We should, we should <laughs> make a lot it? more. You know, comp- but, but comparative, mean, comparative. It, right, but at the same time, too, some bands may make less fr- frequent releases, but you guys were in the thick of the hardcore touring yeah. and the DIY touring, you know what I mean? Not that yeah. you guys weren't fucking touring your asses off yeah. either, but... You know what I mean? It's, yeah, it's it really, weird. I like, think it yeah. really depends on the band. You know, sometimes I feel that it, it's better to have a lot of time in between. You know, yeah, yeah, because you can really think things through, and then you can come out with some really amazing. Yeah, we've never been work. a band that said, "Okay, we're, we're going to make an album once a year and tour the album right. every year." Yeah, like that the becomes, last three records have been that can seven burn year, you out. Too. Last three records have been uh, seven yeah. seven yeah. year gaps almost between the last three records. Wow, and it's just worked for us. I don't know why, but we we never were the band like. We have to make a record to make the tour. We just toured and played older songs. I don't know. Anyway, guys, mm-hmm. it's, your, it's your interview. Okay. I've fallen into that. Yeah. yeah, too. yeah, yeah. We, yeah. we tried to. Uh, I remember Stormy, booking agent Stormy. Stormy for, yeah. for everybody that doesn't know Stormy. Love Stormy. Our God, friend Stormy. She's so she's I can't believe it's still around. Yeah, the best. Killing it. Wow, I remember her saying awesome. to me, like, I remember we were rushed. I got to get a record out. Got to get on tour. And she says, man, look at your friends. Look at AFI. It took four years for this record. Like, what are you worried about? Yeah. I, I mean, there's always those people you know? around you that are pushing you. Yeah. To put out stuff immediately. But you don't want to force it. That could be a turnoff. You don't want to force it. You want to have like inspirations and stuff. True. So. Go ahead. Yep. So that being said, so uh, uh, 1995 would be the beginning for 
you as far as full length releases? Yeah. Right from 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 my love is real to having a full length. Yeah. Okay. And a demo and all that. Shit. And, yeah. and and I remember touring was sick of it all, and them kind of explaining H two O to us. Mm. You know, because I had, yeah. I had heard you guys, and and they're like, oh well, this is how it started, and they explained that whole thing to us. We're all whoa, and yeah, and they're like, yeah, now they're like the fucking biggest shit ever. You know, like, <laughs> it was crazy. But so <clears throat> you were you your start was in '96 as far as releasing an album with Sepultura, right? It was a little bit later, like '98. It was '98. That's yeah. right. But you mm-hmm. started jamming in '96. Uh, or do I have actually '97? Like December is when I went to do the audition for okay. Sepultura. Okay. Yeah. So you're. Timelines aren't that far off. No, it's not. No, not at all. So, like, so, I remember when he was doing the logo for H2O. Like, okay. okay. That's logo what I want to get into. Yeah. So let's say 1995. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This is really important leading up to how you guys expressed yourselves on your records after 95 and on. Mm. Because where were you at in 1995? Were you struggling? Mm-hmm. Were you chilling? Were you raging? You were touring? Were you touring? Mm. You know, like... Yeah, where, let's start with you, Toby. Where yeah. were you at '95? Where was your headspace? What was your family situation? What was life um, like? I know? was I was dating. I was just dating when we lived in Manhattan. You were t- oh, okay. Yeah, and um, you know, I had a, uh, yeah. I had a dem. We made had made a demo. We had created a little buzz, and our first show was December twenty eighth, nineteen ninety four. It's like on New Year's kind of thing, and Mur- yeah. with Murphy's Law in Queens, that was the first real show. But I think I was working at Nana still, yeah. if I would say so. Yes, we were working across the street from each other around the exact same really? time. Really, exact same yeah. time. You guys knew each other since before this. Yes, yes, yes okay. for sure. Oh yeah. So I was at Nana Shoes, and he was at Fat Farm, right across the street from each other on Prince Street. Yep, gotcha. And Directly so across the street, where my head was at was I was just a roadie. And I actually, re- I realized that I want to say something as well. Like, I love yeah. being in the background and, you know, I was a terrible roadie. I'd always leave Armand's <laughs> drum pieces behind in every fucking state. But, you know, they wrote this song from Love is Real. And, like, yeah. we started playing it as, like, an um, like, uh, encore song or it's just something fun to do. And then I started making stickers and started, like, yo, I really want to do this. And then I started writing in a journal on tour sticker, but on the back of the bus. So that's when I wrote Five Year Plan and these other songs. So my head was like, yo, I want to do this band. I, yeah. I, 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 it, it was sort of a joke because H2O purity was going to be super straight edge. Like, you know, a pure would drink water. Like it was a whole kind of play on that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, but, <laughs> but, but, but then it started getting a buzz and we started like, Oh, H2O. And we then it became one song, then two songs and five songs. And then, yeah. So I, I worked at Roadrunner records for a long time in the mail room. I worked at concrete marketing. I want, wow. I, moved, I moved to New York in my yearbook. It says, Moved to New York and support New York hardcore scene. That's all it said in my yearbook for my goals. So badass. And I, I people at your school like, what the hell is he talking about? And and continue skateboarding. And so I went to New York and I got a job at Roadrunner, then Concrete through the Sick of It All guys became a roadie. Yeah, and then all of a sudden the next thing was to have my own band. So around that time, hanging out with Freddie, Isaac, Hoy, all of us, like Madball was just kind of doing their thing too. The Seven Shit came out a a long time ago, but they were gonna have like like a band. Isaac was starting Crown of Thorns. Mm-hmm. So we were like all like crazy kids in the city going to hip hop clubs, carrying a boom box down Lower East Side. Yeah. You know, just running around. You, you know what I mean? Wilding. Yeah, and, and, and we were and we're both kind of roadies too, you know. Like That's Isaac cool. came on tour with us and so yeah, it was this it was his beginnings around that time, you know? Okay. Yeah. And wh- where were you at at that time? Uh so on the other side of the street, I <laughs> <laughs> It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. It's amazing. Actually. I uh no <laughs> idea. Yeah. I, so I got this job at Fat Farm through Paul Middleman, and he is a friend of my sister. Shout out to Paul. He's awesome. Paul is the man. And so we have a lot in common, Paul and I. He loves hardcore. He knows a lot about it. 
um, hardcore and punk rock and skating and all all that that lifestyle. So we got along really quickly, and he was like, hey, they're looking for a system manager at Fat Farm. And Fat Farm had just kind of opened up, and it was a store. Fat Farm was a store run by Russell Simmons, and um, he never had a clothing line before anything like that. So it was like right. the only shop that existed. I didn't know really anything about Fat Farm. I told my friends, they're like laughing. They're like, oh, my God. Yeah. You're going to be working at Fat Farm? <laughs> they couldn't believe it. They're just like, that's hilarious. But um, anyway, ended up working there. Um, I was working at an art gallery before that and for a minute, and that's where Paul was like, hey, it's a simple job. I've never worked in a clothing store or anything like that in my entire life. So yeah. I, with, that's where I, I was at, and I was in a band. Um, it was called – I was trying to start a band, actually, and so I had a band. It was called Alpha Jerk. And so we were doing shows, and I, I – I had every I had to start from scratch because I had moved to New York with Charlie Gariga, who played us in Civ. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah, 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 yeah. Charlie is from Cleveland, and we played in a band called Outface. Yes. So we moved to to New York to to do music and to continue, but not as Outface as something else. Yes. So, so we got together and had like a bunch of different people playing, um, like Sammy Siegler. Um, we had um, Eric. Eric Rice, my old bass Eric player. Eric Rice. Wow. He mm -hmm. played for a minute. Sarah Cox, she was awesome. She actually old school, OG from back in the day. Shout out to Sarah. Um, She knows everybody. And actually, John Joseph was the one that introduced me to Sarah. He's like, yo, she's a dope bass player. She's old Sick. school. That's you know, cool. you got to get her on. And she's the best person. The best person. So we had this band we're going on. And anyway, what happened was... Civ, the idea of Civ came about, and Charlie left, and Sammy left, and they started to play with Civ, and I was like, all right, I'm going to start my own shit from yeah. scratch. Alpha jerk. And I had no idea what I was going to do. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to get a guitar, I'm going to get a four track, I'm going to write these songs, and uh, I'm going to do something. I, I really want to be in that still continuing the music scene. And uh, I was hanging out with across the street with Toby and I remember you were doing the logo for it and I was like, I want to go to some shows yeah, you guys yeah, yeah. do it. And I was yeah. like roadie for like maybe a show or two that you guys <laughs> did with like Crown of Thorns. Probably, and, yeah. And I was just like, oh my God, that Juggernaut song from them. It oh yeah, Crown like of Thorns. My favorite song. And, uh, shout out to Isaac. Shout time, out Isaac. Yeah. And uh, it was fun Best. times. It, was, it yeah. was fun, man. I mean, those guys were just like wilding and the shit just really took off. You know, it was really cool to see that. Yeah, I, I feel like in, in some sense, like all of us, all of us guys hanging out, we weren't supposed to, we weren't supposed to, quote unquote, make it or do anything. Right, right. We were just like kind of the crazy kids, and you know, we went to the shows, we, yeah, we shitty roadies, a lot of shows, and nobody right. expected <laughs> us to actually make music, to maybe sounded the way it did, and maybe have and connect with people. I feel like sometimes, like we were like totally the black sheep. Isaac, mm. all of us, Freddie. All oh, of us they were definitely. I mean, I thought you, know you were I mean? part of that whole crew of like. I thought you were really like. You know, tough guy. And you know, before I met Toby, I was like, "Oh, he's like one of them." Dudes, you know, like I was like, "Yo, those are my friends." You know, and I, I love yeah. those. I love those guys. You yeah. know, like after like Holy. getting known, but coming to New York and just like, "Yo, what's up with those dudes?" And then I'd see them across the street, like Tompkins Square Park, like working out and like Freddie doing pulls and doing pull-ups and shit. And I'm like, oh. Freddie doing pull-ups. I was on like, "Oh, Freddie doing pull-ups on light poles on St. Mark's." <laughs> oh, that's drinking, yeah. drinking, yo, drinking forties. Yeah, I would see them all the time. You know. Yeah, and I, and, I, and I wasn't that type of kid because I moved no, to but New York. But I, I assumed yeah. that you were because you were rolling. I was like, oh, but, that kid's all right. Yeah, but, they, but, 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 but those dudes <laughs> took me in when I moved there at 18. Like, 
all of us started hanging out, but they came from different lives than I came oh, yeah. from, you know what I mean? But when I came to New York, it was a lot harder, oh, different yeah. environment, you know what no I mean? Doubt. So those guys always had my back. That's cool. And I was always the one trying to break up the fights. I was the only straight edge one hanging <laughs> right. out. People <laughs> all freaking 40s smoking weed. I was the only straight edge one there. And so like, I don't know. We, I, don't know just, I, I mean, I realized that after like no, hanging know, out with I you. Know. I was like, oh shit. I was like, okay, everybody's their own yeah. individual, their own personality. It's, you know? it's something, and there's something you said I want to point out. You guys did it to do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's just what you did. Yeah, it's what you did. Yeah. It wasn't for any, there was no even thought that it could be a living or a thing. Nah. No. And do you guys find <laughs> it funny too when, I'm sure you've had a similar conversation with a kid where they're like, hey man, like, so how do you get into like the industry? Yeah. And I was just like, <laughs> what industry? I'm like, I yeah. don't know, man. I, I, I'm it's not so in true. it anymore. Like, I'm, you know, like, like I wasn't yeah. even in it. Like, I, I, we just, you know what I mean? Like, I, it just, I just happen. You don't plan it. Like yeah, that, you, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you just really have to have that in your heart, I guess, you know, really want to do it, feel it, you know, and, yeah. And, yeah. and just do it. You know, you'll do whatever it takes as far as, you know, I was thinking about that question like what would i tell a young person i'm like buy equipment yeah and i was thinking mm-hmm. that the other day i'm like man yeah even years later having experienced touring and everything and getting money like from labels or whatever we never unfortunately never had like a studio our own studio right. and we yeah. still don't yeah so it doesn't right. make any sense like why wouldn't we have our own so renting spots you mean for rehearsals yeah. totally you know? yeah, yeah. It, totally it, it doesn't make any we're still mm. learning you know from right. that but i would say Buy your own equipment. You can just play, put it on tape, or put it, you know, right. Put it down and just have it, so you can hear it, go through it, make it better. You know, totally. It's just makes sense. You can do it yourself now. You know. So yeah. So uh, so where you guys were kind of both that, and something you said last time when I was talking to you, I was like, man, I literally had zero direct. You're like, I feel you, man. Like, I, I didn't yeah. want to be no shit either. I just want to skate. Yeah. And uh, so sure. it's like. Neither of you had like the goal to become like I'm gonna be a doctor or I'm gonna be a fucking fireman or what you guys didn't have your thing. Like I mean, I mean my my goal, like I said, was moved to New York and I literally had all my bags and I become pen pals with Timmy Chunks who token entry. Yeah. And so I got dropped off with all my bags at a token entry with CBGB's never been there all by myself with my luggage, watched token entry play, they moved in with Timmy Chunks, and that was my life, the beginning of my life. I got right. a job. Arthur Smelius got me a job at Concrete Marketing. Arthur, we we worked with telemarketing, me and Arthur from GB. He got me my first job on 40th Street. We worked there. And yeah, so my goal is just do something with music. I love okay. the New York Arcade scene. I fucking admired it so much. I wanted to be a part of it. Because I just wanted to like that illustrate, my illustrate that point to yeah. everybody listening oh, yeah. that how you got from like, right. I don't fucking know, to fucking, wow, whoa. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Here I am, you yeah. know? And it's funny that you said pen pal because my pen pal was Todd Youth. And, uh, it was crazy because That's Todd used to write letters to Todd. Yeah, yeah, Great I used to write letters. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, yo, he was always super, super kind. And uh, it, I mean, when Murphy's Law came through Cleveland, like we opened up for him and cool. it was fantastic. And they just kept like that friendship. Yeah. And I was just like, I'm moving to New York. And he's like, oh, that's awesome, bro. And. It was, was really something cool. magnetic about wanting to go to New York for some reason. Yeah, I don't know why. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, Murphy's Law was your first. Uh, out of town New York band you played with you saying or saw it was one of them yeah. I mean then we're also friends with the guys from like Youth of Today yep. and Gorilla Biscuits and Judge and all yeah, there is something yeah. magnetic about New York because as a yeah. kid from here when you talk to other kids man I wish I could go to New York you yeah. just talk about it oh absolutely yeah. I mean that's the 
best city in the world. And so, yeah, I, I came from Maryland, which I wasn't from. I lived there for four years because my mom got a job there. So, But because they came from the South, they would call me like Toby the Little Hick. Like they'd all break my what? balls. I learned really fast, like the New York ball breaking from... <laughs> All, all my friends, they took me under the wing. Like they, they can only Bust break, you, they can only break your balls. If somebody breaks your balls, they're getting rat packed. They can, they can only, they can only make fun of you and tease True. you. But if somebody else breaks you, what the fuck? That's my boy. Yeah, yeah, but that yeah. New York tough love is some real shit, oh, yeah. and that mm-hmm. definitely made me. Uh, not not like a harder person, but it made me like more in reality Give from you where a I thicker came from. Skin. A thicker skin, That's moving how the there. world works. And they all, and they all broke your balls, but they also took they you under do. the wing, and they were so proud. And then when the band came out, like. Everybody was so supportive. Murphy's Law took us on our first tour in 96. We all got tattoos, the Beer and Water Tour. Awesome. And uh, and yeah, and they took us on the first tour. Yeah, it's awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that support is definitely in the scene. It's fantastic. But it's a dysfunctional, ball-breaking, loving, tough family, you know? Absolutely. Definitely a lot of ball-breaking. Yeah. (laughs) So this is where you guys are at. Right. And so uh, 95, or uh, actually 96. Yep. I started at 95. I meant 96. It's all, no, it's all good because 90, my first show was 94, and we did some shows with Siv around the area, but 96, yeah, I'm kidding. Okay, 96 yeah. is when the record came out. Yes, sir. So leading into that, this is where your headspace is. You're trying to do something with music. Then you get this deal with Blackout Records. Yep. How did that happen? Um, so right before that, we had Lisa two songs, seven inch. We made demos with Don Fury. Shout out to Don Fury. Sick. So oh, then, we, then we, we had a four song Sick. demo. We had like a hundred <laughs> copies of a four song demo that sold really fast. And then we did a two song, seven inch with equal vision. My wife was on the cover and it was a pop song well, a, a song called I know why it's a love song. And then it was here to take on tomorrow, which you talked about. Mm-hmm. So people was like, Oh shit, this dude's singing. But because I was shaved yeah. and tatted, hung out these yeah. dudes, they're like, yeah. they didn't expect it to have any melody. But I grew up in True. Seven Seconds and uh, melodic music, you know what I mean? And DC hardcore. Anyway, so 96, yeah, we make that record with Bill Wilson. We record it like maybe a week and a half. <laughs> All of our friends come down, do the interludes, Siv, Anthony Cominale, Stigma, uh, Freddie, uh, everybody, man. It was amazing. Uh, Armand, so much love and support, Dickie. And we made that record, yeah. So uh, the producer, I'm going to say his last name wrong. Larry, Larry Buxbaum? Yeah, Larry who, Buxbaum. Who, rest in peace, who passed <laughs> wow. away a couple oh, years okay. ago, man. He who, went on to do great things. Who, at, uh, how did you find him? What was his deal? How did he uh, guide you through that? Todd Friend, my drummer, Todd Friend, my drummer found him. Like he finds all really? the people we work with. Yeah. yeah he somehow that. knew about him. And That's we amazing. and our studio was like right there by the Holland Tunnel. Mm-hmm. Going to the tunnel. So yeah. And yeah, he was great to work with. Um he maybe had, he might have done something without crowd. My brother's band before me. Okay, okay. That's maybe where he so, came in. At that time, the the artwork on your record and your guys' look was really impactful. And the way you were perceived, at least to kids on the West Coast, was mm-hmm. really impactful because you looked at you guys and you're like, fuck, that dude dresses a little bit like a greaser. It's yeah. <laughs> kind of like a cholo a little bit. Yeah. But he's hardcore. Yeah. You know what I mean? You got that fade. You got the, you know what I mean? Everybody's got <laughs> Slick the up, yeah, honked, yeah, yeah. you know? And you know, and and maybe on the West Coast, Unbroken looked a little bit like that kind of, you yeah. know what I mean? But, but like it, it was it, that was a very West Coast vibe, you know what I mean? It was it, right. Yeah, we absolutely. We love Dickies and Cortez. Yeah, I don't know because Freddie, all of us, we all liked mm. all those West Coast movies, and we love like something about Cali that we love. But we also New York Harker dudes, you know what I mean? We all had our canvas belts and our fucking Dickies, and yeah, man, I, I, yeah, we were very inspired by probably like a lot of those movies and the hip hop and right. Cause not a lot of, I mean, a lot of the punk rock bands weren't really dressing like that. No, it's not like manic no. Hispanic. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, it's full it, L- L.A. style. Yeah. But yeah, we love the West Coast hip hop and yeah. So and then we had the slick back here. We always had that like kind of soprano slick back with the fades. Yeah, we all went to the same barbershop on St. Mark's. That's what's up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I don't know pomade and 
and, and I don't know. And you guys, and obviously some of your friends and the bands around you, kind of were part of the push that repopularized that style of like tattoo art, man. Mm. Like because it was on the record, the traditional, cover. yeah, yeah. Because I, I'll tell you what, dude. A lot of West Coast hardcore kids, not until like around that time, they all started getting blasted out with that style. Wow. You know what I mean? I, you, you know, you know, and and the tattoo obviously flash. your friends and you know of OGs course. and old yeah. people had it already, but like. That really pushed kids into kind of a, a direction. Wow. Yeah. Wow. You know, you had your, like, there was like um, H2O kids. You know right. what I mean? Like, that logo, the John Reed did that. Shout out to John Reed. He did the first. Cool. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Um, wow. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Rent 96 with you. That record comes out. It's, at least in the underground, from my perception, was a really big deal. And yeah. it spread really fast. You start touring. That's like, is that, uh, you had been touring, but uh, not as a front man. That, is mm-hmm. that the pivot point? Did shit just fucking, you're like, whoop? Like, yeah, it, once we, what, we had Stormy as a booking agent too. Once once we had a seven inch, people heard the songs, they kind of get what the vibe was going to be. From the demo to the seven inch, they realized it was going to be some, no, it's not going to be as heavy as the friends bands I hung out with, you know what I mean? And uh, once that record came out, yeah, we started touring a lot. People started like connecting to it. Other bands started noticing us. Um, Dickie at Boston's had come seen us at the Wetlands in a random nice. lineup. And that following Monday, he hit up Stormy and said, Hey, Dickie was at your show. He loved your band. He loved to take you on tour. Then, boom, Boston's all of a sudden take us on fucking tour. And that continues like the, the biggest relationship yeah. and, and the best dudes you could ever want to take on tour because they taught you how to, you know, be a professional touring band, you know, treat the venues, treat the opening bands. They were so respectful and they taught us so much. And they took us on every tour, even all the way up through the to Let's Face It, when that was on the MTV, they were still treating us exactly the same they did a couple wow. of years ago. They really taught us about respect and, you know, saying just everything about being a band, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah, Boston's, that kind of changed it for us because we opening for the Boston's, playing colleges, different things. And so from that from that moment on, we're like, you know what? We're a hardcore band. We don't want to only preach to the converted. We want to, we're open minded to play with any fucking band that wants to take us out. So from that moment on, we toured every kind of band, you know. And it, it, the live shows spoke volumes, and the record really speaks for itself because, in a weird way, to me, and also like, I mean, you could even look at like Spotify numbers, man. Like yeah. your first record was really big. Then the following records got way bigger. But fast forward and now, I feel like that first record is bigger than those now. It's cr- yeah, it is crazy. Especially you know what I mean? Like it yeah. caught up and then it it's surpassed w- them. That record is classic. It's, it's, dude. it's wild, man. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some of the numbers I was told, I, I'm not gonna say numbers, but when it first came out, it's really pretty crazy for that time. Right. And then also, then it went to Japan because then it's on Epic in Japan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. that was a yeah. Whole it was this. We, we got put in that same yeah. loop after that you guys kind of made or whatever. You know? Yeah. Oh, we're on so Epic then Japan, Japan we go to Japan. Japan's fucking crazy early. Like '97 or eight with the Japan it was crazy, man. So yeah, I was. I, I did not expect it to be like that. I didn't know what to expect. Mm. So you know, wow. You guys tore. Uh, I imagine you tore into '97, but thicker than water came out in '97. How did you do that so fast? And in '97, simultaneously, this is you mm. starting to jam with mm-hmm. with Sepultura, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So how did you get that second record? so fast <laughs> mm. with all that touring like dude well the thing was we never toured we never really toured to make the first down we just had those songs so we never oh. even had we never even had the real experience of like going on tour and being a band and gelling with each other and all that stuff but then right. i guess writing and making demos on tour we started doing that so then we prepared for that we were sick of playing that record 
Because we played those songs a bunch. Maybe we started playing those songs like the first show, 94, then through mm-hmm. 95, then 96 it came out, then torn from 96, 97. So those songs, are not old, but like we're ready for new shit. And so, yeah, so we prepared ourselves and demoed and then, boom, did that record right from the road. And that one probably was a little bit longer than the first one. But right. Yeah, so yeah. that was. Oh, yeah, we got signed Epitaph in between. Exactly. That that. So that's yeah. what I wanted to ask. Yeah, yeah. How did... You find Epitaph, Epitaph find you. I, Tim Armstrong had something R- to do Rancid. with that? Rancid. Rancid. Yeah, so okay. playing that song, My Love is Real, we start, yeah. we started jumping on not just Sick of It All shows or Biohazard shows or Crown of Thorns shows locally in New York. Then then we met Rancid when they came through through Wetlands, maybe on the first album or Let's Go. We, we became super tight, like the Sick of It All crew and Rancid became super tight. And then they invited us to come do My Love is Real when he had this sold-out show with like a veil and a bunch of bands. And we came on right after veil. Nobody knew who the fuck we were. Lars introduced us. <laughs> I, have like, I have like a wife beater and like a suspenders and dickies. And like, and we come on. We do my love. Tim Ensign's on bass. Um, Armand's on drones. Pete Sickle on guitar. Just us four come up. And we do My Love is Real. It's the last recorded song on the first album at the very end. It's a secret track. It's actually live oh, from that's that. That's cool. And Lars's wow. Lars's go uh, at the very end. Lars's go. Lars goes. Ep- new Epitaph recording artist. New record out next summer. And we and, and that was never talked about. That was just something he said on stage. Like they they really loved us and believed in us. But we were still in blackout. Like Bill Wilson was probably at that show. Right. But they just loved us. It was like a joke. Like but the yeah. crowd was like staring at us. Like what the fuck? <laughs> like we didn't we didn't pay for this. And um, <laughs> long story short, we toured in that record. And then you know they got they got that album to Brett Gerwitz. It's that album came to him wow. and um and then he wanted to sign us and so we i remember we were going to fly out to la we play a show mca wanted to sign us blackout wanted to keep us and brett wanted us oh. and so we played this showcase it was it was regular show and they all came and we had went to epitaph during the day and hung out brett and hung out the rancid guys and yeah so we, we made the choice to leave and go so blackout allowed you to break did you have a contract with them? No, it was one record break? deal. One ah, record, one record oh, deal. Wow. And, and then this dude Hans, this A and R guy from MCA, uh, had had was friends of my brother, so he was there from the beginning too. Right. We, this is before we signed the MCA. He was there. Right. Like, nah, we're not, we're not ready for that. We're gonna right. keep, we're gonna go to Epitaph. And what was it was appealing to you about Epitaph that you felt? Just that Brett were, was so and, real, so honest, and I loved everything he'd put out. I see. And Rancid were our brothers, and they believed in us, mm-hmm. and. You know, one funny thing was like I told you. Did I tell you? I don't know if you said about the Voodoo Gold Skulls lowrider bikes. I say them. Oh yeah, that they put oh, in yeah, the contract. They, they put in the contract because we right. saw those there, and so he was just a person of his word. And yeah, and like when me and my wife started coming out to Cali more after that, we'd stay at his house, and he was just like he was awesome. And he's I the see. fucking dude from Bad Religion. I know, I know, I <laughs> right, know. Right. And I loved all the shit he did, Rancid, and okay. I mean, Rusty told the story briefly, but when they were recording Outcome the Wolves. At Electric Lady Studios on St. Mark's, yeah. Rancis told us to come by and play Bread Our Demo. This is early oh, on. Wow. And he's in the middle of making this fucking epic masterpiece, <laughs> one of my favorite records of all times. But to Rancis, like, yo, these are our homies, and we're just making an album. Come by and play these songs. So we went by, played the four song demos, and Brett's like, this is pretty cool. He goes, I think you guys need to work on a little bit of stuff. They like, gave us good mm-hmm. constructive criticism. Right. So then we made that album. He didn't even know about it. Then when he heard that, I was like, holy shit, this is what I was looking wow. for. You know nice. what I mean? But to have Rancis come. Have us invite us to while they're making Out on the Walls, which was just their, the next album for them, which was going to change the world. Right. They didn't know that. They were just these are my homies. That was such an amazing moment. And Brett gave us his you know, honest opinion. And then we kept it moving. And we came back to them later, you know? Mm-hmm. That's cool. So, yeah. So, shout out yeah. to Brett. Shout out to Rancid, Epitaph. Some really great times being on, on that label. So, Thicker Than Water comes out, and kaboom, Epitaph. Yeah, it's a, audi- it's a different audience. It's a different audience. Yeah, because we, we, oh. we had grown really fast 
on the first album, touring a lot, getting our name out there, really, really grinding, like six, eight to nine week tours, come home for like two days, go back out. And we really started going. You, you felt a jump. Yeah, felt, and then we go to Epitaph, and that's just like a, you know, it's a built-in, almost different audience when you have Epitaph. Right. Like, people just buy all Fat Records or all Epitaph. They love the catalog, and they check out everything. Mm-hmm. So Because if Brett's signing it, it must be dope, because he has such a good right. roster. So we were like the first East Coast band to sign to that label. Trusted. And, uh, oh, I don't want to take that you back. Know, that was a different era when labels, uh, you, you would look uh, at a label, okay, and you could count on a label. Uh-huh. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Right. Yeah, true. I want, to true. Ta- I want to take that back. We were the first New York band, because Down by Law had already been signed, and they were from East right. Coast. Ah, so I have to okay. correct myself on so that. So while all this is going on and he's blowing up, are you still fully aware of that what's going on with like Toby? Because I left my job. I no, he was, he was out. I was out of here. <laughs> <laughs> he was gone. I was like, oh, shit. That's what I want to do. I mean, uh, he, he's definitely gone and, and doing a lot. you know. And there were a lot of bands like Civ were uh, mm-hmm. going out. And I was like, shit, like all my homies are like. The Warped Tour 95. Yeah, the Warped Tour is huge. Oh, it was yeah. huge. Yeah. Yeah. It was like such an exciting time. And I was like, fuck, I just got to keep pushing at it. I mean, there was, you know, I remember that we did one show. Uh, with this, before like that whole Civ thing happened, it was mm-hmm. like Overfiend was the name of the band. I remember Overfiend. Overfiend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We played like one show, and we opened up for Sick of It All, I yeah. think, and it was in maybe Staten Island. And uh, I super random, was, super yeah, random. I've never even heard of a show in Staten Shift, Island. It was like Shaolin. I think we had Shift also played. That yeah, it makes sense. That's a time frame. And, right. uh, and yeah, that was crazy. So wow. Yeah, I was just like, okay, let's just keep pushing this. You know, I okay. don't know where it's gonna go. Well, I just want to play. You know, I'm just happy, just jamming. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. and but that leads into the next part chapter of your story because you're rolling. Ninety eight. I'm on you're, tour. You're, yeah, you're all over the place. And yeah, ninety eight is the year that Against came out, mm-hmm. and uh, leading into that, he's gone. Yeah, leading into that. Oh, and at the same time, Rory Mayorga was trying out for Soulfly. Oh my God! And, and we all were in the same scene. Like I would Whoa. see Rory yeah. all the time at Coney Island High working Dude. there, and I was working at a few different bars and Fat Farm. Uh, but Fat Farm came to an end because that's a long story. But yeah. <laughs> but did you quit that for music, or you quit before music? No, I got fired because I, I I I got fired because I I I ended up moving from the store to the office, and when I was in the office, I was discovered that there were people that were buying shit on the company card oh snap um, like for the okay. house and stuff oh, yeah and i was like yo i didn't know you guys could buy your own they're like you know they're just you like you can't you can't and you i also can't. i was just it was really uh they were criminals criminals yeah, yeah criminals yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly and so anyway uh these motherfuckers they got me fired and then they got wow. fired a month later wow they got you fired yeah they were like oh yeah he's yeah, because exactly. it was a whole bunch of people doing, not yeah. just one person. Yeah. Right? Okay. And they were like, and so then they got fired like a month later. But I mean, it was good. I mean, I had been there long enough and I was, it was boring for me. You know, yeah. it was like something I wasn't really into. It was interesting meeting a lot of different people and stuff and seeing how that whole world is, what's going on. Um, but then it forced me to really push up the music game. Kind of meant to be. Yeah, absolutely. And so Mike Gitter, uh, he was the A&R person. Yes. He just Shout started. to Gitter. What's up, Gitter? <laughs> I was actually going to ask you about your relationship with Gitter okay. because, you know, I, I know he worked with you guys. He a and right. for you. Like, he was I, the A&R person. Okay. So he was the person that approached me first because I'd always see him at shows. 
He knew about my other band from Cleveland Outface. He wrote for a bunch of different magazines. He really had his ear to the street of like going out and checking out bands, you know, yeah. coming up. And so he felt that they needed a singer. They were doing an audition. They needed a singer. They were looking for a singer. Um, they had one song with no vocals, and they're like, that person can do whatever vocals they want on it, and we'll check it out. So all these people around the oh. world were doing that. And Gitter was like, oh, you should do it, man. They need somebody completely different, you know, because nobody's going to believe it if they get somebody that looks or tries to sound like the other singer. So he had in his mind, like, just do it, you know, do the demo. And I did it. And uh, and then I heard back from them like a month later, like, yo, come to Brazil. Let's do an audition. That was like 97. It's crazy. It was crazy. Yeah. And I was working at this place called Lakeside Lounge on Avenue B right by Tomkins Square Park, and I also worked at, uh, I think I was just working there, or maybe Babyland as well. I remember Babyland, yeah. And uh, yeah, Beauty Bar. That's how my wife worked. He, she yeah. worked at my wife at Beauty Bar. Yeah, at Beauty w- Bar. Were you a fan of Sepultura? So I... Sorry. I, I had... <laughs> I had a, I actually sorry, had a, Ephraim. It's a great question. You know what's hilarious is like yeah. a really like great friend of mine his name is Max, and he introduced me to the band. Nice. <laughs> it's a weird, what? a weird thing, you know. He's like, "Yo, check out this tape. It's a rise." And I was, "Oh like, no way!" So who, who gave that, that rise? you? Max gave it to you. Max, fr- Max? No, a oh, friend okay. of mine, Max. Okay, that's okay, what made okay, it okay. kind of funny. Like, I was like, what? What? No, shit. This is a weird universe we're in." Here. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, I was like, "Oh, this is cool," you know. Like, I'm not really. How many years before that? Before I got in the band, probably two, okay, okay, two, okay. three years. And uh, I was like, oh, this is cool. You know, uh, I really like it. And then when KFCD came out, I was like, yo, this is fucking, you know, stepping to the hardcore direction. And that was that tour with Ministry, right? Yes. And Helmet. I remember that. Oh, yes. And Helmet. Right. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. And it was really like, fuck. It was, and then I knew, like, Charlie had been on tour with Siv. And that's when he was, and he, when he was on tour with Siv. The Roots album had come out, mm-hmm. so he got to see like them play a show with like Raging It's a Machine, Sepultura. Siv was on the same festival. I might have seen that, yeah. And he somewhere. was telling me, he was like, "Yo," he was like, "It was just a sea of like yellow shirts I could see out there, like because they were selling the soccer jersey with like Brazil colors." I remember I that. had that. I, had, I, I still have that, that jersey right. actually. It's, it's all wrecked. Yeah. <laughs> and so he's like, that. "Yo, they're they're on a whole nother level. It's like crazy." Uh, drums and Crazy sounds drums. and everything. They're like, it's so cool. And then I was, I started getting into it, but I didn't, I wasn't fanatical Sepultura fan, like right. from Beneath the Remains time or Schizophrenia. Yeah. Any right. of that. Like I didn't know about, I had to get into that once I got into the band. You know, uh, Roots, uh, I was aware of the band, I was into the band, but Roots got me more into the older stuff interesting it just drew me in so hard that yeah go, what makes mm-hmm. these guys tick right these guys are incredible musicians i actually went with a, a local band that's like oh we got a gig at the college radio station we get to play at the college so I, I go with my buddy's band there and me and my friend jason were in the control room and we're all there's that new sepulchre <laughs> we stole it you know and then <laughs> we, we bounced and we fucking were just like what the fuck is yeah. this Oh my god! This is the greatest heavy recording of all time. Yeah. Like you know, like I, I got to tell you something. It's really amazing because I thought I was like, "Oh, Roots is great." I really love Arise because it's the first one I discovered. Yeah, you know. But 
it was fascinating, like once being in a band and many years later, just discovering that there's certain people are just like, I hate that album. Or they hate dude. certain albums, like, wow, you know, like hateful. Yeah, it's a strong like, one. That was the yeah. end. No, yeah, no like, they're like, like they get enraged. Yeah. They're like, oh, that fucking album sucked. It just killed everything. Like, like I don't hate any yeah. album. And I'm like, yeah. wow. Yeah, like, I was dude, just no. like, I was like, all right, man, I get it. I understand. Damn. You know, it's like, just relax. I didn't realize that there were so many people that. They're in love with certain albums for certain reasons, you know, like committed. But I never, I, I just never imagined that. But anyway, I ended up uh, doing the audition, going to Brazil, never been to Brazil, and uh, meeting those guys. Wow. And coming back from the audition, I realized, like, I really want to go back and I would love to be able to, to work with these guys. And so then I got a call probably a month after that audition and they were like yo come back dude a month that's a long yeah. time to so wait yeah bro. it was a long time i was already back like at the door like let me see your id but it's did like, you care yeah. were, you, were you tripping on it did you like yeah just try it out was it a big deal for you it, you... it was a big deal because i'd never been to south america yeah, and yeah, i didn't yeah. know yeah. any of those people i was like fuck it you know what i'm just gonna go and do the audition and if it just be myself yeah you know like this is what i like this is the style of music i like blah 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 and once we started to open up with each other, because they had a, you know, a thing going on for a really like long. Like how many time. years? Twenty years before? Yeah, yeah. I mean, wow. I mean, it was I think it was less like than that, but eighty. Let's see, eighty-three. That's in, probably eighty-three. Yeah. yeah. Wow, man. So yeah, they had, and you know, and there was brothers involved, so it was like really, they had like a strong connection. So totally, it and was that, like to step I into that. To bring up. Okay. Because and also one thing mm -hmm. before I. Pre preface it with this you also joined the band at a pivotal time musically oh, yeah. because Absolutely. even if they had kept the same lineup everybody's like what the fuck are they going to do after roots mm. it has to be a new expression it has to be brand fucking yeah. new yeah so Absolutely. i feel like that ton of bricks would have been on them with the previous lineup as well you know obviously add some more bricks right, to you right. you know yeah but, so uh also, that was a pivotal time for heavy music period because, sure. and especially hardcore, because after that record and Chaos AD, every hardcore band went dun 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 dun. Yeah, and then my my homies like, hey, let's go see this band Tool, and I'm like, I don't get oh. it, man. But oh, but that sounds like Sepultura. <laughs> you know what I mean? Wow. That sound. That's every. Out of the nineties sure. and the two thousand hardcore, everyone. Yeah. But I don't know, care if you're it's, it's, hate it's great, or converge or death. Snapcase had that vibe. Oh, you know, yeah. I love I love how certain bands influence, you know, each other. I think yeah. that's something yeah, that's sure. so cool about music. And, because, they, and they did it their own way. Like, yeah, like, yeah. right. But, it, I mean, but in my head, I feel like somehow roundabout Seps could have got that from hardcore anyways. I you, mean, you, who knows? I, I mean there yeah, there are elements that I know. Absolutely, that they were influenced, you know, throughout the whole career. I mean, especially, yeah. I mean, Roots was pivotal because, I mean, you can hear that it was definitely influenced by Corn. Oh yeah. And so, th the first Corn album, you know, like yeah, the tuning down to drop D, you know that yeah that whole sound like doom, 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 like really really heavy it's hard as far. and it's hard, you know, and, and then it would and Jonathan Davis was hanging out. You know, with those guys, and or at least at least with Max, yeah, and the same producer. So it had a you can hear, and he has a guest spot on the album. I mean, it's like you yeah. can hear the influence there. You know, that's really, but cool. it's still the I, I mean, the whole act, aspect of you know, with roots though, it's like really embracing those Brazilian roots, and right. so that's when you're saying doing it their own way, and yeah. that's what's really 
always now, been a, a factor in keeping the band alive. I'd imagine walking into the situation you walked into, uh, having to create a new sound for the band. Yeah. But learn five hundred fucking songs, oh, Jesus dude. Christ. What? So that to me would just be this. I had time when I joined Voodoo. I toured right, for fucking right, three right. years, dude. You know yeah. what I mean? You're just that, in yeah, a storm a of fucking other... words. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, no, you're right. I mean, especially with the older, older stuff was like, okay, beneath the remains are like, all right, we're gonna play like, dun, 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 oh, it's so fast, super fast, all yeah. the live shit, a lot of words, it's like, almost just like middle of the earth. And you hadn't sang hardcore since Outface, right? It was like wow. more melodical, and and so I had to go to a vocal coach, yeah. um, to, in order to keep my voice. I'd never been on a tour that long. Yeah, lose your voice, you know? Yeah. It was like yeah, losing yeah. my voice was like an aspect. It was Dude. like the whole world went of like. Okay, oh, wow. you gotta you know get prepared to do this because we're gonna be on the road all the time. You gotta learn how to sustain that. Ugh. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Like, yeah. And I, I've never done that with those yeah. guys or it's tough, that bro. style. It's a fight. You know, you know it's like, a fight. yeah, yeah, yeah. And and definitely, you know, working with my style of voice, you know, consistently for each show, is, it was really a learning process. But it was it was terrifying. But the thing that made it less terrifying, I didn't realize how big it was. Mm-hmm. Before I got in it, because that's good. The internet—it's great because yeah. the internet wasn't booming, booming yeah. at that time. There was—I right. didn't have any—I didn't even no, have a it, computer, it, so it, it was, was like I yeah. didn't know. It's it was wasn't like, booming yet. It only happened like arriving at a place and them telling me like, "Yo, this is going to be off the hook," or "This is going to be cool." Wow, this I like that you didn't know. That's cool. That's, yeah, that's pressure. Yeah, that's pressure. Yeah, I—I—I'm so, I, I, sorry. No, I have three. I have three separate tour connections that before oh, that's right so the first real tour that sick of it all did that wasn't a hardcore tour was i was on a new titans on the tour it was sick of it all separate you were on tour. the new titans tour we shared a bus with napalm oh. death so it was sick of it all oh. it was sick of it all napalm death on Man. one bus and then it was sacred reich separate tour and <laughs> so that was the first i still have all the i he looked i have a tour yeah, journal he read i have the tour, tour journal Order. I have all the laminates, yeah. everything. You should in make a zine out of it's that. Amazing. No. It's amazing. So, that, so <laughs> that was my first time meeting those dudes. Became great friends. I'm still close to Barney for over 25 years. Barney. That's my brother. Wow. Nate Barney's gonna be on the podcast someday. We tried oh, that's last year. So cool, man. He's like a total positive. He was vegetarian, Dude. fucking whatever. And so that was a tour. But we know the fuck. I knew nothing about this music. You, that tour, we almost crossed paths okay. before even meeting in New York because I was still living in Cleveland. That tour came to town, and I was like. I think I'm gonna go to the show. And then it was like, no, Quicksand came and played same across day. the same day Damn. across the street from Wow. Where, what? And I and I never met Toby. I never met Simple Tour. Yeah. And I was like, I'm gonna go see Quicksand. Oh, wow! Damn. And see Walter because it was friends with Walter. Yeah. So I, I would say not since the Chromax did the Motorhead tour. This was the second New York Harker band that played with like a di- a metal right. Kind of tour. Yeah, wow. it was a big Titans. deal it back big then. Deal. It was like. Yeah. It was huge. It was like, yo, this lineup Thousands is of people. Sick. And, that, and so it was like a hardcore band playing with a Never bunch. happened. Like, I saw Sick of It All, like, become Sick of It All on that tour to where, like, they played to a different audience and they won them right. every night. Yeah, These right. kids were like, they weren't really checking for it, but then once they played, right. it was How awesome. can you deny an anvil yeah, just yeah. flying into your forehead? Boom. Yeah. No, like, no, it's I mean, undeniable. Like, you like know, exactly. Sick of It All was just Bricks so sick. We were the only, guy, we're the only like guys prime. with short hair on that tour. Yeah. You know, so, like, yeah, it was a great experience. Lifelong relationships with Separator as well, and still with those bands. It's I cool. got to imagine sonically be, right. being in that room <laughs> at that time and being a Hesher, right? And going to this, what you think is a metal show, where at the time, dude, not every metal band had bass that really cut through, and then Craig walks out. Yeah. Like they're, all these yeah. dudes are like, oh my God. 
Yeah, oh, you know, I mean, like each band like... at the peak of like the just. just oh, that was pre Craig. I mean, Pre Craig. Pre Craig. Oh, that's yeah. right, dude. It was E K and, 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 and Eddie he, Cohen. It was E K. Yeah, yeah and Eddie, that's Cohen. Right, Eddie Cohen. That's right. He was playing the. Uh, uh, was he playing that Rickenbacker? <laughs> Who, uh, Eddie? Yeah, I'm not sure because that it Maybe. was just always the. Sh- yeah, Eddie tone. was from Cycle Sluts from Hell. He was he was from Leeway for a second. He played in so many. Chromax for a second. Yeah, but yeah, that was a great okay. tour, man. That was so one. Yeah. So yeah. Okay, back to the timeline. So '98, leading yep. into that record, right? Yeah. So now. Did you guys, as a team, find that direction? Did they have a plan already? Why did you choose Howard Benson? Because that's a real mm. interesting choice to follow up the heaviest right. record ever with a, you know, I'm right. gonna make a heavier record, but Howard Benson, who's dope, but like it, it was, it was really complicated because we had a, we had to produce an album on a label that didn't really want. Let's take a piss. I'm right back. Let's <laughs> <laughs> take a piss. All right. So. Uh, we had to wait, pre- wait, 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 wait. Yeah, yeah. Wait. So when so I, I joined, so there was like, dynamic. okay, like you're in the band. I was like, yeah. I mean, it wasn't like that. They were like, yo, you want to come back to Brazil? I was like, hell yeah. And so, <laughs> <laughs> and so then uh, after, you know, doing the demos and doing everything, they had a lot of the album written before I got there. So there were just, you know, I had to write lyrics to, together with them and some other parts, and um, but most of it was written before i got okay. in the band so the label were just not stoked on me at all half of the people at the label if not i don't know the percentage wise but it felt like it was definitely like half if not a little bit more and so we Whoa. were already locked into a, a two more album right. deal so against we're like they were like the the original a and r person for sepultura monty connor he was the one that was really just like, I don't feel this guy at all. I don't like him what? in the band. Um, what? Yeah. And so, you know, it was just a lot of like, I just, not having that support was felt by us from that, yeah. you know? And it was just like, why it's even why horrible, even do dude. this? You know, like, why are you even a part of this? And we're not even seeing on the yeah. same page, even though the band get to decide who they want to have in the band. Yeah, I think for them, they wanted the easiest way. They wanted somebody to look like the original singer. They wanted somebody that sounded like them to go into creating the same thing that was creating success for them at that moment. But that it would roots be so album. disingenuous. I know, but they didn't care about that. I mean, they for them, they just wanted to do something that seemed logical to them like well this album's selling the best of all of them so let's try to create the same thing let's again milk the and sound. keep this fucking you know going on which is you know will kill any band i believe you know so anyway we're didn't listen to them they were so it was like Fuck a yeah, weird a weird to them. It, so that's against it came it was like yeah against you that's are, what that title right it's like all these motherfuckers against us you know all, all right. these people Taking sides and all this shit, you know, like we're really like, you know, fired up or like, okay. So the only person that was like going to fuck with us at the time was because you have to realize the management from Sepultura left with Max. That's right. Right. So they didn't, it was just like kind of like, where do we go from here? You know, that management was doing everything for the band previously. So starting fresh, reset. A lot of people were like, yeah, you should change this and this. We're like, no, this is what it is. You want to work with this, then that's fine. Todd Singerman, he was the manager for Motorhead, and he was the only one that was just like, yo, I will work with you guys. Todd's the best. He's the best. And he was like, whatever you guys want to do, I'm with you. Let's do this. And so we worked with Todd, and that helped a lot tremendously. And just really, that was the start. It was like really 
you know, we ended up going with Howard Benson because Howard had worked with Motorhead uh, previously. Okay. And with Zebrahead. And Zebrahead at the same time. The same management. The same management, the same time of recording. Zebrahead were hanging out in the studio while we were recording. They did backups on your record, right? Yeah. Yeah, because I remember Ed was all excited. Yeah. Dude, we're saying all those. It was so funny, man. They were great guys. Um, Howard was fantastic. Um, We recorded part of the album in LA and part of it in Brazil. And part of it in Japan, um, on what? Yeah, because we had this idea of like working with these guys. Oh, with those drummers, Kodo drummers. Yes, and so they had to fly to like Sadu Island and record a song with them. It's like then, like labels are just like, yeah, we got you know, here's some money. Yeah, that you, you got to pay back, and uh, you know, you like you got to like pay that. back, yeah, and then exactly. uh, but here yeah. it is, you know, and it's just like unrecoupable because it's just such a ridiculous amount of money. Worth uh, it. Yeah, I mean, worth it I, for the art. I mean, at the time, I was like, yeah, let's do this, yeah. and, you know, but now I think I was like, I would never take that much money from them. Because no, I'm not going to just draw on those drums and Pro Tools. <laughs> bang, 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 well, bang. Pro True. Tools just started then. That's yeah, how long right, it, right. Right. it hadn't even, it just started. So Howard was the guy that we went with and he was great, man. He was like flexible, flying to Brazil, coming to LA, but we're in different studios. It was really confusing trying mm-hmm. to put everything together, um, but we just were fighting against all these different Elements that are coming around us, but like, let's keep doing it now. Uh, and apparently, Howard knows how to make a fucking heavy record, dude. <laughs> yeah, we did a Hazen Street record with him, too. I know he's with, awesome. Okay, we'll we get to that later. Gonna bring up, <laughs> I'm gonna bring that up. Howard's okay, clash. So, uh, 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 so that's 98. Yep, that's 98. Okay, so then. You're you're touring the world. You're yeah, fucking it's just going like crazy. a whole like thing. Like, okay, let's do a whole promo tour where you do like just talk and radio and everything. Where you split up the world and do that. I remember bands still did those. Yeah, you go somewhere yeah, to talk, tour. right? Yeah, just yeah, talk. Yeah. Yeah. The whole tour. They call podcast now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, straight up. Yeah. So press talk. Yeah, we did that and in, in touring, just nonstop. So you're touring at this time. You're aware of what's going on with him, and yeah. you're working on. FTTW, Faster Than the World. Correct. Which, which re- was released in 99, which was produced by Brett Gerwitz. Yes. How did you guys switch to working with Brett from Larry? Because um, Larry got busy doing other things, uh-huh. uh, bigger and better than H2O. He moved on. No, he started doing his shit. <laughs> and, you know, and, like, and, like, and like we loved Outcome the Wars. We liked, I, I just love Brett Gerwitz producing and everything about him, his sounds, his melodies, everything. Yeah. And so we saw that Rancid, we went and hung out Rancid while they recorded at Coyote Studios in Dumbo, Brooklyn. I think they did Life Won't Wait there maybe. And so we loved that. He was in New York doing it. He said, yo, we'd love to have you do our record there. And he said, no doubt. We did it in the middle of the winter. It was fucking brutal, and it was so fun. I'll never forget doing Guilty by Association and Freddie, oh, Freddie Madball pulling dude. up with all the dudes with 40 ounces, <laughs> and, they, and, and it was just this fucking party vibe, and Brett's like, oh, shit. Like, he knew it, these nice. guys, because right. later on, I, we would make the connection, and that's how Madball got signed for Hold It Down. But um, just, I, Can I pause you for one yeah. second? I forget where we were somewhere, dude, and you looked at me, and you're oh, you want to sing Freddie's part? And I was like, fuck yeah. And dude, I don't know why my brain just kept blanking out. And so I was just kind of like faded out into the back. Like, and then I remember you looked at me and, you're, and you looked at me weird. And I was just all kind of like, uh, uh. And my brain was blanking. And then you're like, Hey man, I really, I think you could just tell I, I looked all weird and you're like, you're uncomfortable, man. It's chill. And I was like, Oh yeah. Fade out. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to go on record saying, if you want to do, you learn it from May 29th, Arizona, you bust there it. Done. You go. Done. Oh, thank snap. you, Greg. Redemption. Yes. <laughs> Redemption. Um, you can redeem yourself. Yeah. So, sorry, Freddie. I better forgot study the words, them lyrics, man. son. <laughs> um, so, so, Brett Gerwitz, yeah, so that was an amazing experience. Um, 
doing doing those songs, having Brett there, being part of the whole like New York vibe and Dead yeah. of the Winter, and he was yeah, it was great, man. I love, I'm proud of that record. Fuck yeah. Okay, so that's coming out. You guys are full speed ahead. Full speed ahead. Been touring nonstop in between all the records. We never really stopped touring for those years straight, and then recorded the record Brett. And probably went on the road right after that as well. That, that, that was the longest we took to do a record. What, Maybe like two what were some of the bands after you signed with them that you were playing with? Like, did the caliber of the bands change? Were there like bigger bands or smaller bands? Were you able to take other bands on the road with you? Yeah, like, yeah. Like, what we, was going on with yeah, that? Yeah, like we have a song on the record called Bootstraps. It's about pulling each other bands yeah. up by bootstraps. So, yeah, we started taking out Kill Your Rattles. just a bunch of bands okay. we loved in New York, Fahrenheit oh, 451. I love Kill Your Rattles so much. Uh-huh. Um, Kill Your Rattles, Fahrenheit 451. Uh, and then going on tour, like, I don't know, start going to like New Found Glory or like okay. uh, the Boston's or the, or the Misfits 96 tour. Oh, oh wow. no, no, no. Oh, man. Mis- Misfits 99, 99, 9 tour. Sick of it all, H tour, Misfits tour. That was incredible. Wow. My wife got arrested wow. for fighting Nazis. She got put in jail for the what? night. Yeah, in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Crazy story. And <laughs> <laughs> we're right here, bro. I mean, right I, mean I don't know if you can tell it, but yeah, yeah. I mean, there was a fight during our show and it, it, it kind of bled out into the merch area. Moon jumped on his back, tried to break it up. Cops came, rested my wife, and uh, we had to bail her out that night for $500. Wow. On the Misfits tour. That was a great bucks. fucking tour. Great crowds. Um, super and fun. You noticed a big jump. You guys are doing Warp Tour. Yeah. You guys are. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. The, oh, yeah. Rewind. So the Warp Tours, yeah. Get, first time we okay. do the Warp Tour, we do it in a van. Then we realize you can't do an event. It's brutal. Right. And then we do it in Winnebago. And then we. Then we then we do it in another Winnebago. It breaks down. Then we all become hobos and, you know, <laughs> and we, I'm on the bus with Ransom. My brothers do no effects. So right. with the specials. And then with the next one, we split the bus with seven seconds. That was amazing. Oh, that was a wow. dream. Oh, dude. Yeah. So like, so then we just start doing all these tours and we're just nonstop playing with anybody and like opening up and trying. I, lo- I love. I, we love the thing of we're like we're a hardcore band from New York, but we're opening up for this pop punk band and we're going to win this crowd over. We I lo- we love the challenge of it. You know, you dude, can always play to your own crowd. Yeah. And, 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 and I, I'm going to get to this later with your covers record, but, dude, your in, influences really shine through with that. You guys are a hardcore band, dude, and it, it, you can hear it through and through. But to me, you're, it's like it's like Dag Nasty to me, man. Mm, thank you. Yeah, we love Dag Nasty. Y- y- you know what I mean? And yeah. like and, and some people... The nasty. Some, some, <laughs> some people get it twisted, man. This yeah. is hardcore. Yeah. It's straight up. You know yeah. what I mean? You guys are playing fucking fast. Oh, so we, yeah. We've been called pop punk before. I don't, I don't <laughs> care what people call us. I, I feel like H2O, exactly. we take from everything. We're inspired by all of yeah. things, not just hardcore. And and yeah. so at this point, your guys' timelines kind of locked together. You guys are both every direction. Go, go, go. Yeah. Now definitely working. Working. Now, the same question you asked Toby, I'm going to ask you by this time. Uh-huh. You've got to be playing or have played by this time with so many fucking bands where you were like, what the fuck? I mean, what? Who? where did it go for you? Who did you start playing with? What was the bigger, what is the like the big tour that you jumped right into? You know what I mean? Like after that record came out, I think the the biggest thing that we hopped right into was this Tattoo the Earth tour. I which, remember that tour, yeah, yeah, which I saw you at, yeah. yeah. And so who was the headliner was Slipknot, and yeah. I didn't know who they were at the mm-hmm. time. I was like, who is this band? I was like, why the fuck? Is Slayer opening for you know? Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I mean, to me, I was just like Slayer pinnacle of like yeah heaviest craziest the, the best and uh and there, and people was like no no son you can't slip on slipknot it's that's it's real young people fuck. yeah i was like yeah. young people i mean it was a different i think a different generation yeah. not that far yeah. from our own but it was, it was enough where i was like huh 
was like, what's up with them? And and it was insane. Like they had their own crowd. I mean, it was going off. Uh, and it was like really cool to see, you know, like the getting like this whole new scene of people. Um, so it was Slayer, Seven Dust, Mudvayne, who I saw just reunited, I guess. Um, a lot of bands I honestly didn't really know too much about. Only Slayer and Hatebreed were on that tour as well. Nice, I, I remember that. Um, but the other bands I didn't know anything that much about. But I was just like, I just want to do this tour, and I love like these tattoo artists and you know uh, this group of people and everything. And that was like the big tour that we did for the U.S. That was in complete total confusion <laughs> yeah <laughs> because they didn't really do their homework as far as which places which states you're able to tattoo and have it set up where uh, you'd be tattooing in the sun they thought they could just do it right i mean there was a lot of things wow. that weren't really thought out oh, because bro. it was the first time doing it <laughs> i was like oh this is really disorganized but it was an experience mm-hmm. but then right after that i remember it was like it was let's do this tour it's going to happen in europe but it's going to be Sepultura, Slayer, Pantera, Biohazard. Wow, that's it, crazy and I was, tour. And I was what? like, yeah! I was like, fuck, yes! Oh, I remember that sample. There was like a sampler CD they gave out for free. Yeah, I remember, yeah, I, yeah, I, remember like, I got I that. Like, this shit is <laughs> was going off. Machine was, Head was on part of that. They might have been. Yeah, I, on I like mean, a leg of it or something. So it was like, this is going to happen. I was so fired up and i just remember having like packing my bags and just like oh this is gonna be ill what? and then uh 9-11 oh uh, wow yi, yi. and then right after that everyone like a lot of the bands were like we're not flying i remember that i remember, oh, dude, yeah. I remember that and so bummed Fuck. wow that's Sam- sampler tapes I want to say how important those sampler tapes were back then, the Warp Tour and, and, the, and the sampler oh, CDs dude. and all that, uh, all those compilations. With so many kids would hit you up we and say, "Yeah, I heard about you guys on this sampler tape." You didn't I think it meant anything, but tapes. kids really took that and fucking listened to oh, it. Yeah. It was amazing, so, man. So, uh, two thousand one is when you guys lock up, okay? Because you got you had Nation come out mm-hmm. and you had Go come out Correct. at the same time, and uh, Nation went in an even different direction oh, yeah. so dope and and we were listening to against a lot and then intonation like that that nation just hit us so hard our mm-hmm. band i remember it shook us dude and uh you did that with steve evans which i thought yeah. was a cool choice and and you had a cool like art direction and i always looked mm-hmm. at sepultura as kind of like an artist's band mm-hmm. because they were always really conscious of how people were going to interpret interpret them visually mm-hmm. whether it was through videos media how how it was perceived was very important right. so you guys took it in this bold direction and you were kind of ahead of the curve on the whole shepherd fairy thing too man right you know so mm-hmm. uh you know what i mean yeah. and then the guitar with the shepherd fairy art yeah. i remember being like what he's got a ship what this band just got even better like you yeah, know yeah, yeah. so <laughs> steve evitt's like how did you what led you to him and hardcore, what led you in that art hardcore, direction? Hardcore, hardcore. Yes, it's always yes, hardcore. It, it comes yes, back. It is that the guy who lives here still? That yeah, guy? he's here oh, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Steve yeah. is, is amazing. Oh, that's right. And that's, that's right. the connection. Okay. The connection was the fact that we were fans of Snapcase. Igor is a fan of hardcore as well. Yes, he, yeah. he knows the Snapcase yeah. guys. He we're on tour shit. with them. He knows his shit. That's why we really clicked when I first joined the band. One of the first things we did was like a Bad Brains cover. And it was just like click. Oh, on that like, comp. 
like and we do a comp it's with Century Media. Comp yeah, or was, I can't remember who put it out. Remember, yeah. But that was something that happened in rehearsal, which really made it comfortable because gotcha. it was like, oh, let's do a Bad Braids cover. It's like you guys know you guys up. like Bad Braids, and yeah. it was like, all right, yeah, all right, we're on the uh, same page yeah. again. Cool. Hardcore again, yeah, like coming dude. through. It's cool, but it was like Snapcase. We're big fans. Hatebreed was another reason why we right. wanted to. We brought them out on tour because we we loved hardcore. Yeah, you know, and so he was he was like, yeah, this guy Steve Evans. He's you know, I really loved the Snapcase album. There's I can't remember which one it was that Evans worked on, but it wasn't Looking Glass Self. It was a, it was a vic- it was a victory one, like the Maybe, big one, I think. Yeah, the process yeah. of unlearning. No, is that the name of it? It's the wrong name. My bad. Which which record? Snapcase. Oh, it's uh, uh um uh. What is uh, the process? Satisfaction is the death of desire. No, that's fucking hate breed. Oh, that's hate breed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's a process Sorry, of it's a process of learning. Is that Snapcase? Am I saying that right? Oh, it's it's the uh, it's the. I, don't know uh, that I, 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 I know, I know I what you're talking read. about. Uh, the, the, uh, just like the Rappaport podcast, we don't fact check. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Our brother rap. So, but, but so Ebbets was like, he was like, yo, I'll come to Brazil. And let's do some radical shit, you know, like like I'm open oh, to do it. That was tracked in Brazil. Yeah, oh, it, it, uh, and it Brazil. Was, it was what? all in Brazil. It was in Rio de Janeiro, wow. and it was like in the night we would work. In the day, it was just like work out, go to the beach, hang out, acai, and then at, wow. at like six, it was like all right, let's start working until like four in the morning. Six p.m. You start. Yeah. And let me ask you. What hood is this? <laughs> For like two months, we spent recording it. Wow. It was totally ludicrous. <laughs> by by wow. this time, so just living life. Like, yeah, you know what? Like, at the end of the day, we'd be like, "What do you think we should do for this bar?" <laughs> you know, like, let's try something crazy. You know, like let's wow. not hold back. No, yeah, it was by, cr- by this time. How much of a grasp of the language did you have? Not that great then because yeah, we've been touring, kind of a trip. because we've been touring so much yeah. and I wasn't living there yet. I only started once we started the Nation album. Okay, and so that was like two thousand. I started. I moved to Brazil. Wow! But I, I, I was still. I had a hard time grasping it. It was. I had to get my head around living in Brazil and being recognized because when I first went to Brazil for the audition, nobody knew who I was or right. I was in the band. But once I got in the band. Start doing shows and people saw and knew. Living there was a different situation because everyone knows the band there. Doesn't matter how old or young, even if you you don't have to know a song, they just know like ah oh, Sepultura. So that know. was a little bit weird to get wow. my head around living there and then working on the album. And it was fun to work on because it was the f- I got to work from the very beginning phases of like okay let's right. create an album like. You got any ideas? You got any? So I picked up my guitar and I had my four tracks still. And I was like, you know, how about this song? You know, I can play on some songs. And you would do that live. Yeah. Yeah. I would do it live. I was like, yeah, I was like, because I was like, I'm not a guitar player. You know, I just I did it out of necessity when I of writing alpha jerk stuff and 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 just wanting to play music. But I had ideas and everything. and, And I just felt that. At the end, I stopped playing because I really wanted to focus on vocals, you know. And it sounded to me like you guys really adjusted for that live because your bass sound got bigger and bigger, right. like distortion where there's not on right. the record. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. So right. you guys really like acclimated to it. They had to acclimate, yeah, yeah. definitely. Like that, that dynamics change, you know. And, and I feel like on the Nation record, it's where it brought you more close to the realm and uh, of of commonality with 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 toby because that's where you mm. kind of let you did on, on against but 
a nation, you really let everybody know, like, hey, motherfucker, I could sing. Right, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I can be melodic, uh, too. Right, right. So I feel like you guys had a much more fluid kind of balance with that. How much did Steve Evitz had to do with that? And how I much of that I, was just I, you? I think it was it just happened naturally because those guys stated from the very beginning. And the main reason I wanted to join the band was because they wanted somebody to be uh, able to change in the future, being able to not only one direction like we they didn't want just a screamer. Like they had yeah. somebody that did auditions before. It was just like he could scream really well, but they couldn't really go any further with that. You know, in the future, right. there wasn't. It was limiting. You know, they wanted somebody that was like could do many different things. Right. And so the direction of the band can go in many different ways. So they were really aware of that, and they were pushing like, "Yo, you can do wow. melodical stuff." I mean, they we know that. that you can if you think of anything, just do it. Love you know, that. but you had never done melodic stuff before that, and you only in Outface. Okay, wow, and that's where they—that's what they heard me do. Like okay. when I gave them demos and stuff I'd done, I was like, "Why did they pick me?" Because yeah, it's nothing like what they're doing. That's really cool. But they figure—they figure like, "How oh, maybe you know in the future you want to play a different song style or whatever?" Or, yeah, and uh, so that that helped a lot. I mean, them being so open to like do whatever you feel, man. Like this. So you're making this record, and right. you're. <clears throat> experimenting I, a I lot like, getting used to them still because right. it's the first time all of us are writing in the writing process right so it was a whole new world for us so we're like let's try this song we had like 20 something songs we had like guests you know jello biopera sang uh sang on one song wrote a song yeah um you know didn't we, he write help write biotech is godzilla yes okay he yeah. wrote the lyrics to that and, uh, That's sick. Back in the day, yeah, yeah, yeah. back in it's the cool. day, man. So, okay, now at this point, it's where something we all kind of have this common thread. Like you're writing for a band, you replaced a brother, mm -hmm. I replaced a brother. Mm -hmm. You're in a band with your brother. You know, we have <laughs> yeah. this trippy like thread with all of us, man. It's super weird. <laughs> yeah, you know, and uh, that had to be a lot of pressure for you too, mm -hmm. because you're getting haters, you're getting mm -hmm. people that are encouraging you to be yourself and yeah. in your band. You know, so that had to add uh, kind of a but like I Di said, the internet and, and things like that, I wasn't. So you weren't hearing, hearing it twenty four hours a day. You know, like it was we just are like it's like I would hear yeah. or read something and be like, oh, you know, like it would be gone. You know, in a magazine yeah. or a zine, and be like, oh, that's a review from that guy. That guy's an idiot anyway. <laughs> or you know, it was just that was it. Yeah. And I would only see like the shows. Like I was like, holy shit, that was the only thing I could be focused. on. I was like, we're playing a live show right now. Get your head in yeah. the game, like. What do you want to sing about in the studio? You know, it's all about that moment. You know, right. you're not thinking about what is this person I don't know saying about me? You know, that, that has no, all that negativity or anything. You're only around people that are very positive. Everybody mm -hmm. in the band, producers, the studio, everything's clicking in. And you just go with that that energy that's Absolutely. real, you know. I love that. Yeah. Uh -huh. So, okay. Then at the same time, you release Go. And you did that with Matt Wallace. And that was, I think, Lyman was your manager at the time. Kevin Lyman. Like, things were, like, in a much bigger realm for you. Yeah, we've like, been, we're, just yeah. Like, <laughs> we had been, we had been through some managers. We had been through some, uh, we got Lyman after that record. Okay, but okay. To rewind a little bit, like, there was some of us in the band that were nervous about leaving Epitaph and mm. didn't want to. Why, why, did, why did it come really? about leaving Epitaph? Well, because after. some of the guys in the band, they wanted, they wanted to, they, we saw, like, our, our, our newfound glory with, 
and Blank were on MCA. Mm-hmm. Hans was still there. So this same dude who had a relationship with my brother and Outcrowd followed our career from the demo to the seven inch to blackout wow. to epitaph. You know, he was there for that kind of bidding thing we had. And he stayed in the back. He, he, he chilled because he, he loved the band, just wanted us to have some sort of success because he, he loved the band. Mm-hmm. So he comes back when we're, we, he's still in the mix. So I think, <laughs> I think my brother reaches out to him. Not on the deal, but it's like, hey, you know, he's like, I want to make a move with this band. Are you still interested? You know, I see you have, now you have Blink, now you have Newfound Glory. You know, you didn't have them back then. You're working with some sort of melodic kind of punk bands. Would you be interested in us? And he's like, absolutely. So my brother came to us and said, hey, what do you guys think about trying to just, you know, going to MCA and trying something different now? You know, we, I was completely happy there. We, we oh, were okay. Ha- like, we were happy. Yeah, we were happy there. But at that point... You know, we weren't the only East Coast band. There was a bunch of bands, which was fine. And mm-hmm. we were touring with all these bands, doing the Warped Tours, doing all this stuff. But H2O was always a band who loved U2, loved Madonna, <laughs> loved Bob Marley, loved The Replacements, loved R.E.M., loved all diverse music, hip-hop, loved everything that wasn't just punk. And so you may not hear it in some of H2O's records, but a lot of our melodies and some vocal patterns were inspired by U2 or I don't know it's awesome you know other mm-hmm. other yeah. bands you know what I mean so Tarfin loved Faith No More Matt Wallace had done Faith No More he'd done replacements wow. okay. Tarfin once again said Tarfin like it's like this is my guy I want okay. I want to do Matt Wallace like yeah. and we heard great things about Matt Wallace which Faith No More record did he do I'm not sure King for Day Full for Lifetime I'm not sure he had great he had, he had so so you know for me so for me, 2001, my wife's like, yo, we're leaving, we're leaving New York. Whether you're coming or you're not going, we live in a 400 square foot apartment. We want to move to California. She loves Cali. She has friends right. out here. We want to get a house, have a baby, start a family, and make this move. So they got h 2 stay in the Oakwoods. You know, I'm not really focused. I'm not really focused. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm not excited. I'm, I'm nervous about making this move. I know we're going to catch a lot of shit. Message boards had just started. Right. I, I love Epitaph. I love that relationship. Back then, kids cared about that shit. They did. Yeah. They, they, they did were, not yeah. want you to succeed. Even though they didn't know they, the full picture. They're yeah. like, exactly. And so my band, my, my band's yeah. like, let's just try this out. <laughs> Brett's like, yo, you want to leave, you can always come back. Brett was so cool about it. Really? Yeah, wow. man. You want, he was so supportive. He wanted supportive. you to get your opportunity. Yeah, and so, you know, Offspring had left and went did their thing from uh, yeah. Epitaph. A lot of our friends were doing that trying major labels a lot of bands i love did that that's true you know quick, quicksand Civ, orange bands. nine yeah. like, right. I, I not, and uh we had been oh wait we were managed by scott mcgee who managed kiss yeah my, uh wow to this day still managed his yeah. brother his brother doc, doc mcgee, doc McGee. Doc McGee. Yes. so uh, under this management was h2o quicksand orange Burn, nine millimeter yeah, right. and Civ. Yes. we all managed by the same dude scott mcgee yeah. at the time that's cool so that, that was so anyway we make this jump yeah we go we go to do this record and we're in Rumbo Studios, and okay. Axl Rose is next. Guns N' Roses are what? doing their Chinese Democracy album the whole time. Oh my god! So I, I have so many Axl stories, but we would sneak <laughs> in there and we go we go into his music booth, surrounded in roses and candles. We go in there at night and check it out. When he'd come over the intercom, Axl was here. Everybody get totally fucking nervous. He'd pull up and like his little. Uh, he had like some weird like SUV. What? Yeah, and he pull up by himself, and he have the braids and the sweatpants and the high docks. What? Surreal moments, man. Like one time he was in there watching a football game, and we all told each other, "Yo, who's gonna go say what's up to this dude? He's been what? here every fucking day." Todd's like, "I'm gonna do it." So then Todd would walk out, see him go into the bathroom, come back, and say shit to him. <laughs> 
<laughs> so I would, get, I would like, I'm gonna go do it too. And I would go out, I go in the bathroom, and I start talking to me. Like, this is what I'm gonna say to them. I say, yo, and I said, and I walk. He was just surreal. <laughs> it was great. him. It was Axel watching football by himself, yellow sweatpants, braids, what? high top oxblood docks by himself. We're like, I ain't saying shit to this dude. So we recorded the whole time next to this guy. So for me. And I've spoken about this many times. People think I hate the go record. I do not hate the go record. <laughs> but my mind was not there. I wasn't 100% in, in the leaving epitaph and going to a major. I was super nervous. I was, I was, right. I was moving to Los Angeles. Mm. So I didn't write one lyric on that whole entire album. What? what? I didn't write one song. I let my brother and Rusty take the reins on that album. Interesting. My mind was somewhere else. And I just they, right. they did that whole album. Me and Adam really didn't do much on the album. or huh. talk friend. So I didn't write anything to that. So that that's my main regret is that I wasn't mm, okay. my head wasn't in that album and I can, I feel like it's completely it's completely wow. it's too clean for me I love you Matt Wallace it's my brother we're still Yo, friends today and I, I I let I I just let other people take the reins for that album and it's I love those songs and we, we and you know it's our 20th anniversary of the songs in this May and my goal was to re-record the whole album with Chad Gilbert who did. Nothing to prove and use your voice where right. I love. He loves this band. He gets this band. I see. And we let it go into Matt Wallace, which is great, but it's over poppy. It's so fucking clean. But a lot of those songs stand up live with our old, older songs. We play them live. Memory Lane, Roll My Love songs stay up. I, I, I got to tell you, <laughs> before this, I went back and I re-listened to that record. Okay. Front to back and thought about it, mm -hmm. man, because I know... You probably caught some shit, and yes. I know you, there's mixed feelings about it. Yes. And I listened to it, and I was like, "This is a cool record, man." Okay. And and to me, it just felt like a progression. And anybody that listens to that and thinks it's not an H two O record, just needs to listen to H two O again. Yeah, thank you. It's a good fucking H two O record, thank bro. Thank you, man. Thank you. Yeah, and I hear everything in there. I hear the Dag Nasty. Okay. You know what I mean? I hear the old hardcore. I hear the Descendants in there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, that record's too poppy. And then they go put a fucking Descendants record on when they get home. Yeah. No, I know. Huh? I, you know what I mean? Like, dude, what's I, the difference? No, I, 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 I appreciate it, but look, looking now, people love that record it's okay. great like the first couple months oh they're on a major now they sound overproduced and now there's message boards mm -hmm. so yeah we did catch message shit. boards but, I but, oh but, god but, but, now, but now people request those songs and get bummed when you don't play something right. but it took a little while you know what I mean but back then it was like it was so easy to judge you before you even heard the album what label you were on yeah. and then they hear it yeah, it's popular yeah, yeah, and, yeah, I, and I get it because I feel like those songs are all great songs I, I'm proud of those songs, but I wish I would have wrote some of those songs, and I wish right. they weren't, weren't over, overproduced. Right. And that. I feel like if Chad came back and, and redid those songs, we'd have the punk and hardcore energy that we had, and everything Chad's done with us. Because he, I love, I love what he does with the band, mm -hmm. and so there's no, I have no regrets in my life about a show, but I do wish that I had my, I, I was more focused on that record and okay. that experience. We got too much money. We mm -hmm. had too much time. Right. We had these <laughs> video right. budgets. Right. And then the one positive thing is that we played Conan O'Brien, which no New York Harker band has ever done. So dope. Mm -hmm. And that was a great fucking moment. Wearing all of our friends' band shirts, have all of our friends' tags on the amps. John Joseph's in the crowd. Like it was my like it was yeah. like, 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 like a proud dad. Yeah, yeah. You know, um Will Farrell was there. We got to meet him. He had, there was wow. a live bear or a monkey in the back of the cage. <laughs> so that would that the fuck? So that moment, like we're on tour, and I think we played Wetlands that day. Then we go do Conan O'Brien, and that moment was uh, that was an exciting moment for us to be. I'm exed up on TV when a Madball yeah. shirt, like repping our friends. Got the slick back to Dickies, like, you, know, you know, like we 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 wanted people to know, like we're not forgetting 
where we come from because we're, we're we in a major label. Right. You know, we're going to actually let some of the melodies from bands that aren't hardcore come through in this album. And I personally don't like when a band makes a same record over and over yeah. again. Oh, it's the worst. Uh, I right. just, it just, and so yeah. I loved when, I loved when Seven Seconds did um, ourselves and praised and new wings and so forth yeah. revolution. Those are my favorite albums because I never heard of U2 until I saw them thanked on that seven seconds album. And then I got into U2 because that and Kevin That's had grown insane. his hair out and like they turned me onto that shit, That's you know? Incredible. And so like, wow. I love all the most melodic seven seconds and they cut a lot of shit for those too, but Bands I, 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 I love those yeah. records, yeah. but I love Side the crew. Changed. I love yeah. walk together. Rock together. I love those records, but a lot of those records, they sound the same to me, but I, and seven seconds is my favorite band in the whole world. And they, oh, yeah. they changed everything for me. But when I saw them take a chance and do that, I'm like, yeah. fuck it, man, yeah. those are my heroes. So, Long story short, I love the Go record. Those songs stand up with all the other songs live. Yeah, absolutely. And, but I just wish I would wrote some shit on that. I wish my head was in a different place. And I was so worried about making that transition that it, it fogged me as far as like being creative on that album. You know what, yeah. I'm, you know what I'm saying? So like people think I hate it. But I, listeners, I don't hate the record. I love the songs. But... I wish I was more involved in it. You know, I was moving. It was a big trip. I was leaving New York. It was a big deal. I didn't want to leave a life change. Yeah, I didn't want to leave New York. I left New York kicking and screaming. My wife said, yo, I'm going with it without you. So we left. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, I love the record. It's 20 years old this year. We are going to be releasing it on, we're trying to get the rights to release it on vinyl. It only happened one time 20 years ago. I love to re-record it. I love the songs. And I love love what my brother and Todd Morris did. And I'm proud of those songs, but they were a tad bit um, too overproduced for Not me. Not enough teeth for you. Yeah, yeah, and they're too clean for me. Okay. And, you know, I don't know. I was out of my element. Mm-hmm. It was away from mm-hmm. Epitaph or Brecker. It was. It was like I had a. Not, not abandonment issues, but I, just leaving that nest of right, that right. family to me was, I, you know. I, don't I know. like wow. how songs sound with time, though. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Oh, Those yeah. songs Absolutely. have their own life now, dude. Yeah, and, yeah. and you're gonna you're gonna record them different. It's gonna be cool. But when we when we get to the next one, that's when I I just wrote every song and let my for nothing. We talk about nothing. People, that's my most favorite album since the first one because I let everything out and I just wanted to fucking. And it's been six, seven years since that album. Anyway, that's ahead. cool. So when we were burnt from touring. Like we didn't hate ah. each other, and the reason why each tour us together twenty six years is because <laughs> we did take a seven year break after the Go record seven and that tour because we were fucking drained and we didn't want to hate yeah. each other and we love each other mm-hmm. and I, I thought we I think we would have fucking exploded if we had the highs and lows of that major label shit Conan O'Brien people calling us sellouts for that too and just everything <laughs> and. You know, we needed a break. We wanted to just try real life out for a second. We had, we've been, we were nonstop from every fucking album touring. We didn't have wives or kids or real jobs. Right. We could just fucking go. Yeah. And so I think that break really fucking saved my band. So what I, you will go? Yeah, it, and and I, I love that that era's gone where people cared about labels. Like now a kid's like, what the fuck's a major label? You yeah, know, you know yeah. what I mean? It's great. Like it's, it's, it's not an and issue. And so many bands so, that hated labels, they fucking yeah. end up trying majors too. Yeah. You know? It's, anyway. So... By 2002, you guys are both fucking just rolling, dude. Mm. And 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 I think by this time, a lot of your set has to be populated with your own songs. Yeah. Which must have made you feel much more comfortable, maybe? I mean, at that time, I think we were playing probably five max new songs, you know, because people were still getting used to the fact that there was a new singer in the band. Yeah. Yeah. So the set crazy was shoes to fill. Crazy, crazy. Yeah. And Until so you got to town and just let me get you water. And go piss. <clears throat> you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it was just Thank like you. really let's uh, let's do a hundred percent performance on stage, and uh, you know keep our head up. You know, and there were again like really good tours that we got offered, right. um, that were phenomenal. You know, that really got us 
used to playing with each other, touring with each other. So there was like opening for Metallica in South America tour, which was just like Like dream come true, you know. Um, God. There was, you know, a lot of like really amazing stuff, uh, like as far as different tours with uh, like Motorhead. And I mean, that came a little bit later, but I mean, it was just like Slayer tour where we opened up for Slayer and Systems of a Down was the opening band for the whole thing and it was their first album out um you know that brought us you know in front of big crowds and heavy crowds and stuff so it was really challenging you know it was challenging and i we just learned a lot we learned a a tremendous amount from doing these tours and and from going from like the hardcore scene to having to learn how to keep the attention of a guy in the back of a stadium yeah that was you know that's got to be a fucking skull fuck dude that was (laughs) like yeah no doubt i mean it was definitely getting my head around that and 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 how fanatical fans really are and still are around the world you know for the band but uh it's incredible you know we had to really build that audience you know it was a fight you know there were people there crossed arms you know it's just like okay you know halfway through the set like start getting into it but you had to prove yourself and definitely and that that was okay i had no problem with that but um i just didn't realize how limited some of the, the the older fans were as far as like their ability to accept any yeah. new music closed-mindedness like, you mean exactly there's some old fans that probably didn't even want chaos ad yes you're right they that, wanted that's they just I started, wanted old right. speed metal but that's when i started to realize <laughs> you know? i was like what the fuck i was like oh yeah. these are just people who are just very bitter um they have their own opinion but at the same time they're kind of like your parents where you're like oh what is this stuff i'm hearing they hate ev- anything new they can't yeah. get their head around and i was like man i never want to be in that mindset of no like, way. In, in music and like toby was saying like I think it's boring when there are certain bands that do the same album, repeat this, repeating uh, themselves. It's, and I think as an artist, that totally defeats the purpose of there, you know, there's, there's a catch twenty two to it. Yeah, I, I heard Brett Gerwitz say one time. He said, you know, right right before when, when Generator came out. Yeah, he was like, everybody was just complaining that we made the same Bad Religion record over and over again, so we made one a little different, and now everyone's complaining that we fucking made a different record. Yeah, yeah. But what the fuck? But, but it's it's a weird, you know, that's that happens a lot. I know, and I want to yeah. say one more thing about the girl. That looking back on it now, maybe in that moment I was so worried about making that move and a major label and trying something different. Even though I love melodic music, but I never really sang. That's the yeah. most I've really sang on an album. Is the Gorgon. Mm-hmm. I'm really proud of my band that we took a chance and did that and survived it together and still play music and love each other. And we did something we wanted to do. Nobody had yep. any control. We wrote all of our songs. And you know, people were billing in that studio. And, and Matt Wallace knew nothing about a band. And he learned so much. We, we had a friendship with him. And um, I'm happy we took that chance and did that because some bands, like they stay that same yeah. way and they never do that. And Dude, uh, we did it, yeah phenomenal opportunity man yeah you know i mean how could you say no to that like it, it, yeah, why no. would you say no no not no, even I a mean, thought that, that change yeah. is, is so necessary i mean you it's cool that you can look back now and realize yeah, that that I, album had to happen in order for the next album I, to take place and also to keep the band together so you're like ah i get it now i'll never not be a part of it you know, like yeah. I always yeah. have my head focused into it. Yes. Too. Exactly. And, right. and there's people that hit me up to this day. Yo, I, that's that was my that was my gateway to H Tour. The first time I had H Tour was Go or saw you exactly. on Conan Bryan or saw you in the Warp Tour or saw you in Newfound Glory. Like that's sometimes the, people's first albums. This intro. is a, a good a good uh, point that you have because this has started to happen 
not on the time that we're at now and nation right. the album but that starts to happen where people are like that's my first album that album that you said I, yeah. I love yeah. that and I start to, I'm dude. like and I'm like all right we I forgot the fact that we're you know there's a lot of young people people just getting into it and totally that's super important to them and I was like ah what am I worried about? And you, you know, it's just like there's always, you know, people they either like it or you know, there's gonna be people that love what you do or people who don't who don't understand. There's always gonna be a diversity. Totally. But you shouldn't really worry about it. If you believe in what you're doing, you're behind it. Yeah, then, and you, you love know. what you're yeah, doing. Yeah, did you feel like a total foreigner? Not I know you were a foreigner, you were from America, mm-hmm. but not being a Brazilian, did, oh, there, God, there, the pressure, did people yeah. have pressure or like hate on you for that? Like because That's, you weren't that was the least of the pressure, believe it or not, especially in Brazil. It was actually something that they were the most uh, embracing. Like they wanted the their band to succeed. Yeah, they wanted to see the band succeed. They they were proud so, of Sepultura, and that was really like amazing. Wow. In the U.S., it was a little hardcore as far as like people's. I remember opinions. those first tours and yeah. going to shows and people being all like, yeah. like geez. I mean, and, and you know, in Germany, they were like, you know, that's like one of our biggest markets in Europe, and it was it was difficult at first, but then you know, again, they were there with. A little bit more open-mindedness, I want to well, say. Well, they have no choice. You're the fucking singer. <laughs> they have no choice. It's like, you like it, you don't like it. You, you, you know you, what I mean? Yeah, exactly. No, exactly. And, and you... you are not going you, anywhere. Right. They're not going to vote you out like American Idol. Like, you get... Their votes don't count. It's just, you got true? True, You got picked. I don't know. <laughs> Dude, I, and I've had people say it to me. Hey, man, you know, it's just not the same. You think it I don't is, fucking know no, if that's the same? Because it isn't. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's like, tell me something I don't know. I'm not already. the singer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm not that guy. I know. It's so funny. So that year, okay. you guys are both rolling. You guys drop Revolution songs, the covers wow, right. uh, EP. And then, you know, you dropped the live CBGB record, which is a oh, gangster move. Wow. Gangster move, dude. Because instantly I'm like, oh, that's like agnostic front. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> That's so. That hard. wasn't even our choice. We get asked to be part wow. of the CBGB series to do that. Wow, record. yeah, oh, man. buy CBs. Yeah, God, it's so yeah. cool. That, that what an honor, you know? Wow. And and can and I tell I, you something about that real quick? Yeah, Tim? please do. Dude. I'm not sure if this is the one when I say, I said it's getting hot in here. I I said that on stage because that was the time when that song was big with yeah. Nelly. I said hot so on that record. Man. I said that. But Nelly, but Nelly's publishing came after us. What? For me saying that. What? For me saying it's getting hot in her. But if I had said that it's getting hot in here, it's fine. But since I said it the way he said it, they came at us and I think I think they took like one penny. They took something per no that record. Nelly it wasn't, got it wasn't Nelly. Nelly got the paid publishing on came Nelly. after me. So because because I said it because it was really hot at the CB show. I said that. We had to, he, they came after us for me saying that on stage. I'm boycotting. Oh, you know all why? Because we were both on, was great. Wait, because we were both on majors, both on Universal. I think that's why they uh, found out. But I think they took like a penny or something per record. That's a fact. That's some petty shit. But it wasn't Nelly. Yeah, I'll boycott Nelly too. I, I wanna, but if you ever yeah. invites us to Nellyville, I'm going. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> dude, I, I know going. it wasn't Nelly, but it was it was the publishing people. Okay. You know? All right. It's amazing, all right. Though, all right. Dude. It's great. I'm not hating on Nelly. But I'm happy. That's to, a little you fact. You know, it's a little part of me is happy that Nelly made like a quarter of a penny off of yeah. something and then Nelly, I'm, happy, I'm happy that Nelly might have heard H2O at CB's and, 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 and real quick just to touch back you know you made another record with Steve Evitz Revolution Songs yeah. right? was that recorded at the same time yeah okay, I mean a little sense. bit close to the same time and, but and, we felt really comfortable with Steve and he you know he really got the band and he really understood the fact that we needed to push forward okay you know? And and yeah, I just want to also point out your mm. black stealing black stealing hour chaos. That mm. fucking cover is so fucking ill, All dude. Right, man. And uh, 
Okay, so I, I just wanted to <laughs> I just wanted to jump in and out of those real quick. I love you that. Know, I to get to the full, back to the full length. So, so okay, so we get to 2003. You guys are on a break. Yes. What yeah. was your last tour? Oh man, it must have been like something big and long and draining <laughs> in six weeks. I, I don't know. What, I don't know if it, I don't know if it was 2000. We did the boxcar used tour with H2O. That was like 2000. Yeah, that was the last tour. Boxcar racer. Wow. Used an H two O two thousand two. Hey, that's a good fucking farewell that's, tour. That's a big that's tour. A, yeah, that was the last Damn. tour because my wife was pregnant on that tour. Max was born in two thousand three. Hazen Streets two thousand four. That's uh, it. That was the last tour. Wow. That was our break after that. I see. So you're on a break. You're touring, and we get into okay. two thousand three with the release of Roarback. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, you guys once again. I think went into a really thoughtful, artful direction, being ahead of the curve, and you go get Derek Hess yeah. to do the art for your record, who at the time like was about to pop, and you're part of the yeah, movement again, that helped again, that art the pop yeah. blow. You helped that art blow up. And he's Derek, a big artist. He's a big oh, artist, yeah. and, and he's, at the time, he's he, originally from Cleveland, and that's how I know. Him, oh, from so the you scene. knew Derek Hess? Yeah, that I was already, you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool, man. That's even that better. Was, that was really cool. With always, you know, being a part of Sepultura, one and to join the band because they gave so much freedom of like, we really want you to be a member, you know, Dude, to that's contribute. So, rad. so it was really cool. Man. Derek, wow. I, I've known from going to shows and he did a lot of the flyers for the local gigs. So that was, you know, I was like, yo, we should have him as the artist. Now tell me if I'm interpreting this right. You come out of nation, your second record. Yeah. People at the label were like, we are, that was the end. We had one more album. Is that Roadrunner? Road, Roadrunner. We're like, and this we were on- getting off. Fuck you, it, fuck you, not you, but fuck you. Yeah, exactly. You know, totally. Because I think Roback was on. It was SP, on SPV. SPV out of Germany. Right. Yeah, I remember. So we were able to. <laughs> so we were able to switch labels, and that we're super happy about that because we wanted to be a full label that supported us. Absolutely. SPV again. We're working with Motorhead. That was from Todd. Yeah. Our manager got us there, and they were you know ready to do this. Um, and so we were like, again, like, let's go crazy. Like, let's yeah. get some crazy concept going and, and try, um, some different stuff. And, know? and once again, you work with Steve Evitz who yeah. understood yes. the progression. And I feel like on Roarback, you started getting into like deeper songwriting mm-hmm. and I feel like you, you kind of let everybody know you, you came out the nation happened mm-hmm. and that after nation, it felt like it was just like haters yeah you know what i mean oh, like yeah. hey, this is this is us we are a fucking band mm-hmm. and fucking this is what we do right and now we're really flexing because right. you flexed on that vocally bro definitely <laughs> you know, like, but, <laughs> it, but it was tough you know, the further that we were like trying to break out of any type of box that they were trying to put us into the harder it was like i think on certain fans but we were we kept rolling there's still videos that were going on that were you know they labels made you do and yeah, stuff man, like that yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah and, and i was like okay we can at least be creative with this as well and um and really just push with the ideas like you said that change is really difficult <clears throat> for certain fans but they have to understand that you know <coughs> artists is going to do what they want to do absolutely you know? yeah. it's going to move now, them you know? something um, that people should have known by this point about your band and which he has a lot in common with h2o and i'm going to get into this later in your catalog okay both of your bands, to me, are about progression and doing what you want to do, but you guys approach it from a different way. Mm-hmm. You guys are constantly about progression, doing new things, trying new things. You guys are about progression, too, but you look back to find the inspiration to what you're going to do new. Yeah. 
it's you really know true. I mean? So I, I kind of like we, I view you we guys. Do a li- we do a little bit of that as well, though. I mean, it's not so, but it's important that we, we there's certain elements that really brought the band to where right. it is to to keep those, you know, exactly, you know, but in a natural way, you know, not right. trying to recreate it, but you know, have those certain elements that's like it's got to have some this and a little bit of this, you know, that feeling that yeah, we, yeah. And and you felt with Roarback after that came out a little bit of a shift. It was a big. Sh- I mean, it was yeah. a shift because they're like, mm, maybe you guys shouldn't be experimenting so much. You know, oh, that's what we're hearing uh, like on certain labels, and we're just like, yeah, but we're still just we're flying. Right we're still now, flying, man, like yeah. trying to get our heads around each other and the totally. whole situation. Yeah, you know? it's a whole so, new dynamic. Yeah, yeah. You're yeah. Just still, cre- you're creating, and right, which to me I thought was evidence of uh, evidence of this growth was because. In 2005, you put out Live in Sao Paulo. Mm-hmm. So to me, that would lead me to believe that the fans are all about it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, no doubt. I mean, there was definitely live shows and things like that were starting to change a little bit. Um, but when we started having more material, new material to play live. Right. So it was like a mixture of old and new. And then there was definitely... Um, a shift where we felt like okay, from Roarback now we got to really step up and uh, oh, and, and boy and, did you, yeah, and just go really <laughs> like like show these mothers like fuck. It's like okay, let's really step up a level and 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 bring something that they wouldn't ever imagine from Roarback. They're like let's move to a, a whole different look, everything, you know? right? And now and that's what I want to get into. So. If, and if I'm mistaken, this is at least from like a fan's eye, you know, mm-hmm. reading the zines and mm-hmm. all this. It's because uh, you guys in 2006 released Dante right. and uh, XXL. Mm-hmm. And um, that was your last record with Igor. Yes. And so uh, uh, leading up to that from Revolution Songs on, as far as what the fans can see, we could see Igor bringing in his influences mm-hmm. because he was going into a different world. Of, right. of of electronic music and beats and all kinds of stuff, DJing with his wife. I, used right. to, I saw him when he come to LA. Well, let's go check out nice. Igor DJ man. That's right. DJ Mix Hell, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And they're, they're they're like a duo. Yeah. And and uh, uh, so that that being his last record, he was on his journey into just finding new pathways. Yeah, I, I think it was always very difficult for him. Uh, just because you know he had a brother that was in the band that, oh, that started, too, yeah, so that it was like, and they soul, weren't. I didn't take that into account. I can, right. I can relate to that too. My brother left. I can relate to that. Too. And, right. and I actually want to ask you about yeah. that. We're going to get to that because okay. that's, a, that's a big fucking big deal. It is, but, yeah. but it, it had a, a lot to do with you know, of course, with his head, you know, being in certain places and you know not having that communication also because when he left, they they weren't talking. Wow, for like six seven years. Wow, like man. It, I can't imagine. So you know that. And also, I believe it was also... And he's just not locking in psychically with somebody. No, and, and also, stage, like, you know, right? it's, it's, like, totally a different realm. It must be so weird for him to see you up there singing mm. his yeah. brother's songs. I mean, it, it's, it's like, they wrote all those songs together, like Andres and Apollo yeah. and, and, and Igor. And, and it was, I think, that wasn't... I mean, the difficult part, I think, was... Uh, I guess just family. I don't know. You know, I can't really speak for him, but I can imagine. You know, that would be very difficult. And yeah. also having a level of people where they were always like, kind of kissing ass. That were always there, 
or some other people that really were just like everything you're doing was just like, oh, this is amazing. And then to like a change and they're like, mm, not really there like it yeah. was before. Mm. Maybe a little of that and, and, and a lot of things that I think that were going on with them as far as like relationship and everything. So it was like not so much focus on the band. It was like pretty much a lot of stuff that he wanted to take care of. So it was difficult writing that album, you know, just because he wasn't there a hundred percent of the times, but he was, you know, so it was like, right. all right, we're going to need an artist. Like I thought of the concept. I was like Dante Alighieri and yeah. it's like totally intense and complex. And they're like, and I, they're like, yeah, let's do this. I was like, fuck, okay, really? let's go in. And so everybody's got to read the book. We got to go the whole theme album. And then Igor Damn. found the artist and, and, this was great you know like it was perfect wow. like this brazilian artist who did paintings for each part of the album was like well thought of before the actual album came out we did all this research and um and the recording was great we were used to playing with each other by then it was like right. kind of like our junior or senior album with the igor let me ask you in, in your head because i feel like this like by this point you have a ton of your own material right and uh i feel like and that's another thing with the dynamic with Igor. He's watching you sing songs about things that happened to him and his brother mm -hmm. growing up. You know what I mean? And you're trying to emote and sing these songs yeah. with full-blown passion without every really, night. Without being there experiencing exactly. them. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And so I, I oftentimes am singing things about... Because you sing in three different bands. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah exactly. So yeah. I feel like uh, I, to get into the emotion or the headspace or whatever, I'm almost playing a character and sometimes... Uh, not in a disingenuous or fake way, but sometimes a vocalist becomes an actor. You know what yeah. I mean? Because you have to get into that mode, right? Totally. You know what I mean? And feel it. Mm -hmm. You know. But I feel like by this point, like you had to feel great because now you're like, no, this I'm being me full time, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, I mean now. the stuff that I wrote and stuff like yeah. that. But you got to understand, like those songs, songs and music have an impact on you whether you wrote it or not. Oh, so yeah. that feeling, you know, or, or that, you know, out, you know, that really get people into a band, you know, I have that excitement from hearing those songs. It brings back my childhood when I hear, you know, or play yeah. those Arise songs, you know, it's like, what comes to my head is not, I wrote the song. What comes to my head is just like that feeling and energy I got from the lyrics and the music of, of that time. You know, it has an impact on you where it's just like, ah, this is my, yeah. you know, I relate like to my. You along to it back in the day. Right. In your car or whatever. And it's just yeah. like I relate to, to to my situation or what's going on. So, I mean, that was the actually the easiest part. It's like knowing those because I listened to those songs or had to learn those songs. And so it became something that was very Where did you natural. record that? Uh, Dante? Yeah. That was in Brazil as well. With Stanley Soros. Stanley Soros. Andre Morais. Yes. Stanley primarily because Stanley was our sound engineer and then we're like, let's roll with Stanley. He knows our nice. sound live. That's He's cool. a technical That's person. Yeah. And we trust him with sound. He's a great sound engineer. Whoa. And he really is passionate about doing this. And uh it, it was it was tough because I mean, Igor's in and out dealing with personal stuff and then um but we felt really good because the writing, we become so uh, connected from all the other albums, the touring and everything. When like, again, it was like our senior album together. And it was like, yeah, this is it. And the label's like, this is sounding good. You guys got wow. more of a focus. And they're like, this is going to be good. Like, we're going to promote the hell out of this. And then, um, and then 
it came time like once it was done we invited uh, different journalists to Brazil and come and listen to the album yeah and I stayed for like a week and a half and took them out I had a bar then with Paulo and we took oh, them really? to our you had bar. a bar yeah. that's so cool dude. and we're just like yeah I got all the journalists there we're gonna do a listening party you guys are gonna hear Brazil wow. you're gonna feel cool. it it was cool and it was like yeah dude. this is going so well and then it got to like we're gonna tour and the Negro was like I'm not going on tour what and we're yeah like literally like what <laughs> Damn, and, we're, and it was just like a complete like. Now what? Now so, what? Wow, we're, we're gonna get into that transition okay. in a second. But so that's right. 2006 Dante XXL. You guys go and you do all the touring, right? We did. We ended up. We were like, okay, well, we did an album. We have to tour on it, and so we're gonna have. We got Roy Mayorga to come. And yes, that awesome. and there's some yeah. cool videos on online of him just shredding the fuck was, out of those songs with you, dude. Shit, he was so into it. Oh, I'm a fan. And uh, he he came out and killed it. We did a back tour to like, two with Roy. Yeah, yeah. nausea. Yeah, exactly. Shelter. Back to yeah, back yeah, to, yes. dude, back to hardcore again. You know, always saves come the back day. To it. Always yeah. come back. And that was that was phenomenal. We did a tour with In Flames. Um, they oh, were on the come up then. They hadn't used Derek Hess as the artist yet. Ooh, it was for you their, guys. Uh, yeah. I know. That's sick. And, uh, you guys were, and Poison the Well, I think. Yeah. Kind of really, like it was you, then them, then it just kept going, right? Yep. But that was great. I mean, it was the awesome tour. Really felt like then I was like, okay, now I feel that people are feeling the first album that I did. That generation gap, like people like, I only yeah. know you from this, so... That was definitely like a pivotal change I started to notice. Now, once we get to 2008, you're rolling off of that record, and you guys make the comeback. Boom, yes. boom, boom. Dun, dun, dun. Nothing to <laughs> prove. Dun, dun, dun. Paul Miner. Exactly. And Nothing to Prove is a, a rad title, man, because every band that tries to like come back... Dude, it's like you get it, there's like a meme of Steve Buscemi with like a sideways cow, like "Hey kids, what's up?" You know what I mean? Like yeah. you're not that guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like like everybody tries to come back, like "Hey, I'm hip, I'm young," and I remember Ooh. playing with you and seeing you, and you would just walk on stage and be like, "Yo, what's up?" Straight up, you'd be like, "Straight up, we're old guys." You know, what I mean? you would yeah, just make yeah. jokes, yeah. and you're like, "Dude, I've been busy being a dad." You're like, yep. "Man." Fuck all these fools. I got nothing to prove. And I yeah. love that so much. Thank and you guys you, just man. came back and came out swinging, dude. Yeah. You know, and, and you work with, with, with Chad mm-hmm. and Chad Paul Gilbert, on that yeah. record. Yeah. And, and you guys are com- came to Orange County to make the record. Oh, mm-hmm. shit. With Paul Miner. Yeah. yeah. Buzz Bomb Studios. Yeah. Yes. The, the infamous Buzz Bomb Studios. Yeah. That was, that was a great moment because we, we weren't thinking about putting a new record out because it took seven years, obviously. We all moved and had families, and my brother moved to Cali, and Adam moved here, and they moved back to New York, and Tarfin's still in Jersey. And so, like, and then Rusty moved out here, and so we kind of all over the place, and then it was like, we, we want to put a record out. We're ready, you know? And so we had yeah. one lunch with, with Chris Bridge Nine in New York. Uh, we were out there doing something. We sat with him at this uh, spot, and we talked to him, and he said, I'd love to put a new record out. Ooh. And we had some demos. And so, yeah, it's kind of, that's where it kind of happened. And Chad's like, I love to produce it. I get the band. Yeah. I get these reasons why I love your band. These reasons why I don't like your band. We're going to make it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Make it work. And so, yeah, we did that record. And we're like, fuck, it was going to make a record. And we didn't know what to expect. But this time you were like, I'm going to be 100%. Like, your head is like yeah, focused. Like, yeah, I remember writing what happened kid, in the car ride like, with Chad down there. Yeah, they write right. lyrics. And that was all you know, Everything has changed. Ride? Yeah, man. Dude, that song fucking blew up. That was that a, yeah. like, like that's the last song on the record. Them, yeah, it's I mean, so it's crazy. Crazy, man. like 
It's great. Yeah. So we're all Sundays, like about my dad and my becoming a dad. That's like the most right, emotional right. song like, written. So yeah. everything was just coming out, just pouring and just ready. And it was exciting making that record with Chad. And it was a great experience. And yeah, we didn't know what to expect because it right. had been seven years. Dude, and that song was big. I mean, I've seen it like, like, a, a gr- giant tent with 5,000 kids in it, you know, yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Groove Rock just go, you know, people just losing their minds, dude, like, you guys. Yeah, they were really, that just, the timing, and just, and then been Bridge Nine, and their their crowd, their audience, and yeah, we're really lucky with that, it was, we did not know what to expect, because people were like, people were like, oh, fuck you, but our, the people that loved their show really waited those years, they kept asking us, when you do something new, and we just kept touring, wow. did the Hazen Street, so like, what's going on, and then yep. when we did that, yeah, I'm really fucking lucky, and Chad did a great job, and Paul Miner, and so in between that there was Hazen Street. Yes. So tell me, like, what was going that? Because I was like in a world of confusion out of the U.S., and I was like, "What is this a band? What's going on? Is yeah. this a project?" Okay, uh, okay. So I want to say one more thing about Go. We did a video for Role Model. Okay. But the label wanted us to play Memory Lane on Conan, and then. Uh, a local independency started playing that like a prayer cover by Madonna. And then they were trying to get us to make that song our single. We refused to do oh, a cover wow. song as a single. So we just kept mm-hmm. it moving. Never did that. Yeah. I just want to say that that was one no factual shit. thing. Yeah. So it's like really? one, one video they pushed and then one song they thought you should do right. that on TV. And then it was really strange. It was confusing anyway. Yeah, that is so confusing. yeah. So Hazen street started Sorry to backtrack there. No, it's okay because Hazen right. street, Chad, and I own this house together. He was living downstairs at the time. Okay. And uh, he's, he wanted to do something different in music. And I wanted to do something with Chad because I loved uh, Chad. This is before he even did nothing to prove. So this is okay. in between that. Excuse me. So he's like, if there could be a band, you would pick people you'd love to have in a band. Who would you pick? You know? So like, oh, I, was, I, was, I said to him, who would you want? He's like, oh. So we started coming out with people. It's like, yeah, Freddie, Hoya, Mackie. <laughs> and then Dave Kennedy, we became really good friends on the Boxcar Racer Tour with H2O. And he comes from over my dead body and built to last. Okay. So he comes from the core. Yep. He's straight edge dude his whole life. And we love Dave Kennedy. So we just started like, fuck it. And so we made these demo, these songs. And you, and got, you got a hold of all these people. Like yeah, that, and they're like, like, fucking, we're down. Okay. You know, and, and Freddie and Hoya had never been on a major label. That, that right. whole experience. Me and Chad had, maybe Dave Kennedy had not either. Mackie, Mackie had with Fun yeah. Love and Criminals. Yeah. Of course, all right. So we go to Swing House, we make these demos at Swing House, and... Which and direction did you want to know the band? Sorry. So, yeah, so we wanted <laughs> Which to... Which direction? We're going to write, the, write the most ill-street lyrics, but have the most poppy music. Okay. That was Chad's vision. Right. We're going to have the most catchiest sing-alongs, but they're going to be like... Yeah. Just some hardcore shit, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two singers, and so we started making those demos. At that time, I was on a bus with Freddie when he was writing all those lyrics. Okay, there we he had go. The headphones on there every we night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We were in Europe and asking a lot of questions. And there we like, go. Whoa, this shit's gonna be huge. And so we you did. Like, so we did this demo, and then at that time, Good Charlotte was huge. Mm-hmm. They had their own implant called DC Flag on Epic Records. Mm-hmm. Chad gave them the demos. They fucking loved the demos. So as soon as the demos, like, yo, we want to sign you guys to Epic or Imprint, whatever, you wow. know. And then somehow they, the, they're the ones that kind of got Howard Benson in the mix okay, to yeah. make it. None of us have, I had done it before on the Go record. So right. I'm still on the major label, yeah, expensive like, video, all the yeah. shit world. I have a couple years in between that. So they're at the Oakwoods once again. Dude, now, now, with Howard, now with Howard Benson. And he had done a bunch of massive yeah, records. Massive by then. And yeah. so, you know, we, it's all of us together, different personalities, everything. But I had known Mackie for years, my brother and Freddie and Hoy, obviously. And Chad had known us know them through me that dave's kind of like the guy like didn't really right. know anybody you know <laughs> right right and so we made that fucking record and like 
you know, I remember listening to that record and having all the label come and hear it. And they, they love the record. They love um, the, the melody of it. And so we did the video. We had a fucking huge budget for uh, Fool of the World. We shot it in New York, Low East Side. We had a trailer. <laughs> wow. We were sponsored by Nike. Thank you, Tim Bergevin. So we had like all Nike fucking wardrobe and all this shit. <laughs> we had a, a catering there right. like, in Low East Side. It was crazy, man. It was we had actors in the video, and we did this. So good, dude. Yeah, and we, and we did this <laughs> song, the, like the two Guido guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah and we did this so through the world video, and it was fucking super cool. And we did making the video on MTV. Nice. Yeah. Uh, we did all this shit, and it was those guys like tripping because it was exciting for all of us. Yeah, Matthew yeah. Too, like, right. yo, these, we all grew up with each other. Now we're gonna make kind of this crazy album. We were in Germany, and I remember seeing. The, the brothers, the Good Charlotte guys on MTV in Germany, and we were all like, because they were talking about you. Yeah, it's wild, man. And we were all like, what? Like, this is crazy. You know? Like, dude, yeah. Like, and so those kids have grown up on, on our bands and stuff like that, so it was fun for them to be in the mix doing that. Yeah, and so we did it, and like, all of a sudden, it's just like, boom, we got every tour. We're like, opening up a story of the year. They have a huge song on the radio. Wow. Opening our first show is at the House of Blues, opening for a story of the year on a whole fucking tour. And then from there, we do Warp Tour. Wow. And then we do like eight, uh, Hazen Street, Yellow Card, New Fungori, Massive in Japan. Those bands were big there. Oh, yeah. For some reason, our record Connect in Japan it was did really sold really well in Japan because of our bands we came from before, Mabo and H2O, right. did, you know? Yeah. So we went there, and that was an insane reaction. I saw a video on YouTube of you in Japan. It's fucking nuts. Yeah, that wow. was, yeah, I think, yeah, that was, that was, that was, we were surprised. I know, oh, we, yeah. Su- yeah. We, were, we were surprised too <laughs> yeah. because, I don't know, it was fucking awesome. And then we did, POD US tour, what? which was fucking awesome. Yeah. And then we, that. and then the middle of the warp tour, <laughs> the label was like, hey, you need to fly home. We need to do a showcase. So we flew back to New York on a day off on warp tour. They put us up in the, the W or some shit. And then we play for all the executive people from Epic. So wow. it's just, I mean, Freddie never did that before. So we're playing on a floor, it was at tables, drinking. And we had to play right. Fool the World and whatever the second single is going to be. And so it was kind of awkward because right. I, mean, I looked at Freddie and like, fuck it. So me and Freddie just started walking up to the tables, just singing. What? We were just like, fucking, like, fuck it. We're here. We got flown here. Yeah. Right. So they gave us a standing ovation. All the, everybody up and gave us a standing ovation. It was fucking crazy. The dude who signed us actually brought The Clash to America the first time. I forgot his fucking name. He's an OG legend from Epic. He wow. brought The Clash to America. He was like a New York dude. He fucking loved the vibe, you know? Mm-hmm. But I think it was timing for us because there was this anticipation for this album. We had no expectations, but the songs were catchy. They were getting some play. At that same time, there was pressure because Good Charlotte were putting out their second album, which was a double album. Okay. After the success of like Lifestyles Rich and Famous, you know they had their next record. It was a lot of pressure for them to get that second record come out, Chronicles of Life and Death or something. So the focus kind of went from like, okay, cool, the other band Hazen Street on their imprint. Did all these tours, had a good little vibe, but now it's time to focus on your your band, the reason why you have this imprint, which right. was Good Charlotte. And that came on. So the tension kind of went from like that the label imprint to them. And I get it, that happened, it was the timing. And so the record really didn't do, I guess, what the label expected. We really had no ex- we were just having fun. It was a great we were in tour bus from jump. No vans. We were all on a tour bus from the jump, flying to places. That's yeah, like, we were just like yeah. fuck it. We like we feel like we paid our dues in a hardcore life. Yeah, dude, right. I remember I was texting with Hoya and I was driving through LA somewhere and there was a tour bus and it fucking, I think you had Hazen street on, you know, how you can put the letters on the yeah. front of the bus. Yeah. Yeah. We right. did have that. Yeah. And I remember I drove by them all. Wait, what? And then I remember texting Hoya. Did I just see a fucking tour bus? With Hazen? He's like, yeah, dude. 
you know, like yeah, like what the fuck? I saw your bus park. Yeah, so we we just yeah. we just it was just fun like having that Baller. yeah this that experience with these guys. You know what I mean? Staying the whole yeah. time, like it was just fun. So then, you know, and I think when people came out, they didn't know what to expect, and so just like I feel like the Go record, people automatically were judging before it came out. Then they heard like you know this is kind of different, it's kind of rappy, it's kind of it's poppy, it's bouncy. Now people love that shit, yeah. you know. And, yeah. and but some of the first shows you played were great. We started doing the headlining shows in New York. People loved it because we had so many friends from, right? You know. And so fast forward, I mean, people love that record. It got it gets so much love and praise. It's a big record, man. As like a, a as like a, you know like a, um like some part of time something we did this one album we did you know what I mean like it was so fun making it working with Mackie working with all these guys you've seen how Freddie did his writing we're from different bands yeah. Chad too is a great fucking songwriter uh, putting songs together melodies everything he, the kids are really he's really great with his ear and sound and music and what he I don't know it was a great experience you know and um I love I loved making it. I'm really proud of that album, and we had really fun touring one year on it. You know, oh, it's like a man. mythical record to a lot of a new yeah. generation of kids. Right. Yeah, and we did the Warp tour, and I remember every single fucking day, no matter if there was three kids or 300 kids, Matt Ski became every day yes. hung and supported us, <laughs> and he was like the main guy from the Warp to always support us on that tour. That's how we really became tight with him. He's like that dude. Yeah, he goes and like he watches. I remember that on Warp tour too. Like, yeah, he he watches the whole set. Like dude, yeah. that dude's real. You know, like no, yeah, for sure. Dude, so he man. was supporting and. You know, we were definitely oddballs on the warp tour, like right. two singers kind of rhyming and right. And it, it was, you know, it, it was all, the whole experience was wonderful. And so that was so one year you said, and that was how long before that in the next H two O album? So that record came out in two thousand four, I want to say Hazen Street. Yeah. And our next record we did nothing but came out in two thousand eight. Four years later. Two thousand eight. Oh, four years later. Yeah. Wow. So what? Like when was the? All right. This is. Coming to an end, you felt Hazen Street. Hazen Street? Well, it was just a year. Like, everybody kind of, we did the thing. And, you know, I think the label, we did the single. And I think there was going to be a second single. Who? Free, it's a major, who free, I, I forgot particularly what happened. <laughs> right. But I know that, like, the focus wasn't really on us as it okay. would be Good Charlotte. Because, you know, Good Charlotte was huge. And this was their new second album was coming out, the rollout. And ours was kind of in that mix of that. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So, like. The timing was, I think the timing was off because I love that Sounds record. Like it, if right. that record dropped at a different time, I think it would have been done a different thing. Right. But I don't regret it. I, I love that journey. I love that year. Right. I love making it. We're proud of it. We're, Mackie, we still talk about it to this day. And there probably will be a new Hazen Street. Yeah. There, 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 there is like some riffs floating around that I've been hearing and I heard for like the past year. Mm -hmm. And there's been, everybody's been so busy, the pandemic, whatever. But there is talks about maybe like a three song EP or something. Something will be made. Right. So yeah. Awesome. It's, not, it's not over. So Hazen Street happens. You guys do nothing to prove. Four that years later, that right? Yeah, Four years. That, that record's rolling. Okay. We 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 got into that, but like H two O is definitely like fucking not only back on the map. You guys are a part of the map. Like, yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, the, the, I mean the, yeah, hardcore. yeah, the, yeah. The timing of that record. Yeah. The label, Chris Bridge Nine, everything we did for that record, everybody involved in that record. Yeah, we were really lucky that people were like. Turned their backs on us seven years ago. They did, and they waited, right. and it did. It was really wonderful. And it, we're things, like a brand new band, dude. Where right. things were with the internet and everything, had that record oh, yeah. to compare it, had that record come out on Epitaph, I think it would have been bigger than all the Epitaph records. Mm. I, and I think it was bigger because of the internet and all these new people yeah. heard you. You guys yeah. are touring deep Eastern Europe, and like you know, like and just yeah. like yeah. Epitaph in the nineties. That time That's in the two thousands, Bridge Nine had their built-in young hardcore. Oh, they were the hippest. Base as well, you dude, know what I'm saying? So the B9 message board, bro. That's, that's, that's where you exactly. found out about shit. Dude. Exactly. So yeah, it was 
It was. I was very happy. So I was. It was overwhelming. It was that wonderful. brings us to 2009 to Alex. Yep. Now, this is a Clockwork Orange themed record. Stanley Soros produced it. Am I saying his name right? Yeah, you are. Okay. Now, uh, which coincidentally, Ross from GBH came by my spot the other day and just gave me the sickest bus stop size. OG Clockwork Orange poster. Uh, wow. Nice. Weird timing. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I love so whose idea was the Clockwork Orange theme to the record? Uh, I believe it was Andreas. But it was, we definitely wanted to go, the idea by doing the book by Anthony Burgess. Not mm-hmm. by like the, uh, the Stanley film. Kubrick film. Right. Because they have a different ending. And you could get a different meaning from the book than the movie. And so that we decided to go that route. Um, so I love that you had themes. Yeah, yeah. Fuck, I mean, it, it, it really cool, it, right? it, it helps. We said in the tattoo flash. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's a you dope know. theme, bro. It's <laughs> just like kind of like focus in. It helps us in a, in a lot of ways to start off like talking a lot about what do you want this album to be about, like what direction. So it was wow. the Clockwork Orange and. Um, so we had to work with a new drummer, Gian Delabella. I was going to actually ask you about that. <laughs> so it's kind of, again, like starting from scratch, getting to know the other band, yeah. finding how the they rhythms. roll, finding the rhythm. So cool, hot water music. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it's, you know, in the studio, on the road. So we had to go through that process again, you know. But we were very confident, again, of wanting to stay together and just – being in that moment, like we let's do this. We want to still do this, so yeah. we still have our heart into it. Um, and it was fantastic working with Stanley again, and also on this theme. You know, you could go, we could really travel um, so many different directions, and it was fantastic to to work on it. And um, I th- at that point we we're still SPV. Yes. And so it was kind of fading out. I think they were going through maybe bankruptcy. And oh, I was shit. really. Uh, what, what year was that? 2008? 2000. Where are we at after? 2008. Oh, we 2008. Were at 2009. 2009. Yeah. And what album would that be? How many have you made at that point? That's Alex. So that would be, you did Against, uh, uh, Nation, uh, Nation Revolution Songs, which is an EP, Roarback. Dante, Damn, bro. Dante, yeah, you guys, so put, you guys six, put in work, man. Yeah, yeah, it was like crazy, like right after another, and 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 so we went right back in that touring cycle, and it was really heavy and awesome and 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 fantastic, and I think a lot of people really started to get the idea of it, but um, but then yeah, it it was again, it was difficult, you know, it was like a another drummer, another right. new person in the band. So it was, you know, it was like a really rocky kind of time. Um, yeah. yeah. I'm very I lucky. Imagine. With, uh, so yeah. you, 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 you had to work through that, but you're working through that, doing this really cool concept. Yes. You're ha- I'm, I imagine in your head you're kind of getting into the characters' heads and really yeah, like, absolutely. like uh, playing it out with your voice. Right, totally. You know, and, right. and using those dynamics dude, yeah. with, to make me kind of feel... The characters. Yes. I, that's absolutely. How I perceive yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, you know, and that mood and theme, you know, to really get into that. Yeah. That's fucking so cool. creative, man. I feel like so uncreative right this talking <laughs> to Because we just did the card suits. Like, here we had that. Okay, we had the uh, spade cover. Then we had the heart. Then we have the club. Then the go albums, the diamonds. So we did the. We oh, did, right. That, that right. was our four suits of the albums. That was our trilogy or whatever. No, it's more than that. 
Yeah, we, I just feel like we should have been more creative with like our no, themes. I think man. you guys were because what you were doing was different at the time, and yeah, no, not a lot of bands were running with that aesthetic, and much less bands at your level. You mm. were bringing a really underground thing to the mainstream because mm. we came from the generation that saw tattoo art, or like when I was a kid, I go to the pool hall, right? You see the, old, <laughs> you know, you see the older guys there, yeah. and you're like, "Yo, that dude fucking means business." Oh yeah, he's got. No a doubt. tattoo yeah it's yeah, visible yeah. it's just like yo, yeah 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 yeah. you know what i mean so like yeah. dude it was fucking punk rock dude okay. like it you guys it okay. was very impactful okay. and so in 2008 you're still you're on bridge nine bridge, bridge nine, nine yeah bridge nine so so and and so alex happens oh, yeah. and then you guys tore like crazy behind mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. Right? like crazy non-stop non-stop like and i feel like I know in somewhere in that time, I saw you at a couple festivals somewhere, Germany or wherever, you know, and, and uh, 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 I think Belgium. At, at any rate, it seemed like, at least from the outside, you guys had your fucking flow and you're fucking yeah, rolling I, and it's just it was, going. It was great because, I mean, one thing was really cool is playing with a drummer who actually had their, who wanted to be there. Right. His head was in the game. His head was in the game and he was actually not coming from the school of like metal really or hardcore um he was a very smooth drummer but he could play yeah, very heavy that's what's up but it was like cool you know like he kind of like how suicidal was... has had drummers like that right yes like Aaron yes. Moore exactly oh, but it's so smooth amazing. right yeah, yeah, yeah. smooth yeah. like good grooves and that's just important. like oh he's in the groove he's you in get a lot pocket. of metal guys that don't have that pocket right or that groove exactly you know, that, so that was yeah. a lot of fun to work with and so by then after that freshman album with Dolabella. We ended up doing another album with the, another label. Kairos. Which, yes, which is no, on Nuclear Blast. 2011, where you guys lock up again. You do Kairos and you do Don't Forget Your Roots. Oh, shit. And, and, and so oh, shit. Ka- now tell me if I'm wrong. Kairos was you did with Roy Z. Yes. And, and then you did uh, Don't Forget Your Roots with Paul Miner. Again. Yes. Again. Yeah. Now, now, Stick with what you know. Yeah, I love him. <laughs> now, uh, 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 Kairos, Roy Z. A gangster, band of gypsies, amazing guitar player. If you don't know Roy, like Roy I, is I, L.A. He's a guy that's been on one of my <laughs> kind of my wish lists, you know, really? guys to work with someday because I love his guitar playing, and I can instantly recognize the record he worked on because he brings his guitar influence into it. Gotcha. Like he, he doesn't give a fuck. Gotcha. He is really crazy. That's He's awesome. wild <laughs> motherfucker. Awesome. Okay, he was definitely the wildest as far as like just like I don't give a fuck. Like I want to work with you guys for a long time. And now I get to work with you, and now I get to do my shit, you know. And he's yeah, just like yeah, very yeah. outspoken. L.A. Okay. He's the shit, and he can play guitar. He's a, he worked with he, Bruce Dickinson, yeah. okay. yeah. uh, Rob Halford. Awesome. I mean, completely he's a G different, you know. He played realm on, and, on, on on some of those Dickinson records, yeah, like, like yeah. Oh, yeah. guitar or whatever yeah. with Adrian he, Smith. Completely different, you know, kind yeah, of yeah. world that we're coming he from. Did or, downset. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, downset. One of the big downset records. That's, that's true. So, piece of shit. So at the same time. We've got Don't Forget Your Roots. And this is something I want to talk to you about because that's something you guys always look for progression and look forward, but you find it by looking back and yeah. not forgetting where you're from. And I think this covered record really illustrated it. And I think the covers record was also a fuck you to everybody that talks shit on Go because you're like, yo, listen <laughs> to Go now. Listen to all these cover songs. Yeah. Is it, did you hear something in common? Because uh, I fucking sure as hell do. I, I don't think we thought like that, but it actually makes sense when you say it, though. Yeah, yeah. that's how I felt. Yeah. You're like, dude, listen who, to these who, songs. Yeah. We'll love what these were some bands. of the covers that you did? Uh, Embrace, Dag Nasty, <laughs> Seven Seconds. <laughs> um, yeah, what Dag Nasty song? The Clash. Oh. 
Uh, I don't know. I forgot what Dagnassi. Oh, uh, Dagnassi maybe did Godfather. Okay. Uh, for, yeah, maybe. It's hot. I'm, I, I, I'm actually gonna read, I love read you the track. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Force Revolution song. Oh, dude. Satya Graha. Uh, yeah. Na 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 na. Oh man. So I want to check this. I didn't know you had a yeah attitude. Attitude bad brains. Yeah. Wow. So Mad Ball. Yep. Pride. I'm checking this out. Chromax. Hard times we did. Oh yeah. I don't know where the. I'm checking this out. I got you. I got you, bro. So Warzone. Warzone, yeah. Oh, so, my God. So yeah. <laughs> what was cool about Don't Forget Your Roots was that you didn't forget your roots. The The art by Brian Walsby is so sick. Walks the rock to I'm cover yeah. guy. And it's so hand-drawn. Yeah. And it's fucking so perfect, man. And you guys Thank you, man. really painted a picture for everybody. Thank of you. like, this is who we are, man. Thank you. You know, and you also paid respect to everybody who opened the doors for all of us. Yeah, you know we couldn't walk in if they didn't kick them down, man. No, we did the Boston's too. I think, yeah, yeah, you wow. did do the Boston. Oh, it's so good. And dude. Descendants and Circle Jerks and yep. Social Distortion. <sighs> yeah, now right. yeah, let's talk about Social D, bro. Love That's Social D, fucking cool. And Social D has always had this weird, cool love from New York hardcore. Yeah, I've always known guys wearing jackets, it's and shirts true. since the yeah, old days. We, yeah, we loved them. We used to always go see Social Distortion come through town and play. And then when I got to go on tour with uh, Mike Ness. In 96, we opened up for the Mackie on Drums. Wow. On one, I forgot records, Heaven or Hell, whatever. I don't know. So, somewhere between Heaven and Hell. But I, I, I remember wow. like I remember like he was intrigued by New York, and I remember he said, um, he we watched this every night. He's like, um, y- yo, yo. He's like, you guys are like some hardcore doo-wop. Like so he called wow. us like hardcore doo-wop. Because of Rusty and Yeah, the and, and I, me- I remember a couple times, too. We, we jumped in the barricade with some shit would be popping off some of the shows. We jumped out of his back, and then end of the tour, we gave him a... Tr- uh, it's not, it's not like we're not proud of this, but the New York thing is like an eight ball and a sock. Like the, yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, the yeah, end, yeah, end yeah. of the tour, we gave Mike Ness the East Coast sock with eight ball, and he was so fucking psyched. Dude, like, that's okay. Well, I did some East Coast shit. Nice. What the fuck? <laughs> so dope. You guys did Sick Boys. You know the Yeah, sick, we did the Sick Boys. Yeah, yeah. There was an actual gang called the Sick Boys I didn't know in that. California. I didn't yeah, know yeah. that. I remember uh, George and Eddie Voodoo telling me that like the first time they heard punk was because one of the sick wow. bo- one of the Sick Boys showed them. Like, you, oh, you, got punk. You know what? You know what just clicked to me, too, and we talked earlier about our look. With the dickies and the and the oh, white yeah. beaters and the same that that was social D. I totally slipped on the oh, right. and yeah, suicidal. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, suicidal yeah. for sure. Yeah, and oh. the and the little fucking winos and we just skating right. winos and all that shit. Yeah, that's what's up? <laughs> Always <laughs> love the West Coast, man. Always love the West Coast. So that's 2011. You both have records together at the same time again. You guys are both fucking. You're flying fucking super high. You've been rolling. Been and, rolling. and 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 the thing about it is we never. Our goal was to to focus on the U.S. We always knew we were going to go to Europe, and we canceled several times going. I don't know if we wow. were nervous or not. We thought we'd never get to go because we did cancel. Maybe not fly. I don't know what it was, but we wanted to be big in the U.S. We wanted to tour the U.S. so mm-hmm. much and like really build ourselves here. So while we were doing that, bands like Sick of It All, Madball, Terror, Agnostic Front, all these bands, they were they were, they were like paving the way for us in Europe. Yeah, and going there so much in the early yeah. days, even GB in the '80s. So then we finally got there. We kind of waited to almost the nothing to prove because it really connected in Europe. Um, so we, we started really going hard not to like 2008 in Europe uh, and really going doing the festivals and all that stuff because we had done it in the past but not like a lot of our friends go a lot we didn't do that and then we started going to Europe a lot and that, and that song what happened at the very last song of our album that really connected in Europe a lot yeah well, so yeah and we were completely and yeah. Blue and Matt on there yeah dude. yeah that's yeah so that's so oh can, can I say that real quick <laughs> wrote the song me and Matt had become really good friends from the Hazen Street days yeah. and I just we wrote in the song and I'm like fuck I want somebody singing that melodic part and I just I don't know why I thought I said maybe maybe Matt Skiba would do it and pe- not many people knew oh, there was right. really on the internet people it's, knew we were tight it and it's such a diverse H2 Aqualine right. true kind of different spectrums 
So I remember sending him that fucking song, and I said, I need you to write a vocal pattern for this or a bridge. And he sent it back, and we, and we got Dude. fucking goosebumps just him singing on it when he wrote. Sounds and so really when pe- people came out, people were tripping like H two O Matt Ski. It was like yep. it was so random to people, but for me it wasn't because we connected on the Warp Tour and stuff, and and met in New York at, uh, in the early days. But yeah, so when I sent that to him, I got a bag. It was a magical moment that record, and then Lou singing man. on it, and then. All of a sudden, Ski was in town randomly when we were shooting that video. It just worked oh, out. Wow, worked dude. out perfect, man. A lot of people don't realize, like, how diverse Skiba and Alkaline Trio dudes are, man. Because mm-hmm. you know we've all to- we toured with them. Yeah. And and dude, you you be in one town and like you go on AK3 bus and and there's like a bunch of cholos hanging out. And then the next night there's a dude from like the Satanic Church on there. And then yeah. the next night it's like some fucking pop guy. I'm like, dude, you guys like. Like everything, this is awesome. You know, yeah, you never know yeah, who you're gonna meet. Right. You know yeah, I mean? yeah, it's really yeah, true. It's cool. So, right. it's, so it's, that, cool. that was a great moment. I'm happy to have. Yeah, it was great. Ah, on the record, so yeah. And that's now. I think that song to a whole new generation is an anthem. Yeah, it's what we believe. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, dude. It, and and know, I'll speak freely. One more thing. I never really like said instead. this. I never recorded this before. But whoever did the artwork had nothing to do with Bridge Nine. It was outsourced. And the person oh. that did it forgot to put Skiba and give him credit for that song oh. on the first pressing of the album. And Skiba, he's my, he's my, he was, he's my brother, and he, you know, obviously it bummed him out, and he broke my balls throughout the years. But <laughs> when we finally had a chance to re-release it, yeah. we made sure that was on it. But that one part really, it really bothered me because you turn all the notes oh, in, you thank us, it has nothing to do with Chris Bridge Nine. Yeah. It was outsourced. He was bummed as well. But it wasn't me. It was out of my hands because once you, once you know, turn that I stuff know. in, but I was really so fucking vexed and so bummed on that when it happened. But. Skiba on a string. It was out of my hand, so. Probably the most legendarily long fucking thanks list. Yeah. Ever, where you're like, y'all, y'all thanks list continued on our website. Our barber. Yes. Oh, my Everything. God. It said that in the yeah, record. But you know Go what? Go to .com and see the rest of the thanks list. <laughs> no, it's true. But for me, but for <laughs> me growing up, Right. Thankless is how I found out about bands. Oh, yeah. It's true. The sh- all the t-shirts they wore in the fucking yeah. layout. So like, absolutely. The thankless was so important. Yeah, we it's used to go crazy. Important. So anal about that shit. Dude, I used so to right. put so much thought into that. I yeah. know. And, and then I always would forget somebody. And, oh, yeah. what, and, I and always one person feel- would hit you up too. Oh, yeah, they would hit you up. Dude. Damn. And I always feel bad. So now I'm just like my family, my friends. Yeah. The I'm bands totally we tour the with. Same way. I think I would do that now, but I'm totally the same way. But I love you, Skeebs. That was total accident. It wasn't on my point. I turned my shit in so <laughs> excuse me oh my so, god <laughs> let's fast forward all the way to 2013 wow Sick. the mediator between head and hands must be the heart oh i mean i guess like a just before going there like with kairos the album with uh roy z yeah that was a crazy experience just like doing that whole thing but um what he really brought to the table is like we stopped really focusing so much on the theme that we we're talking about, like we always had. And Roy brought to the table is like, yo, you guys should just just have some just rocking out shit. Like he's like, that's what always drew me to Sepultura, like the rocking sound yeah. and just like really just it. groove your head to it. And he's like, just, so no theme, he, not really so much of a theme. Just get back into like just writing that shit of just openness and just let the it flow is making that festival crowd bounce yeah yeah he was yep. like i want to see that i have a question too so when you had a theme on the record did that mean that you would change the theme of your stage show change your merch change yeah, everything. So, everything so every album changed everything wow. yeah, everything banner i mean yeah. obviously banners but like all campaign. the artwork everything you know wow like completely different that's artists. a lot of shit man that's that's a yeah, lot. yeah every back tra- i mean every aspect of it just changing oh wow 
Like, Damn. And so it was, it's a lot. And and by then we were like really used to it, but it was like sophomore album with Bella Bella and there was like new label. And so we had like, and there was a big, I mean, nuclear blast. They, no had, joke. they didn't buy up everything yet. Like they had a big, right. big presence over They had Europe, a big though, yeah. presence. Oh, they were an independent label. Yeah. And the owner, Ooh, Marcus, The metal was like, epitaph. Yeah. And, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Right? And they yeah. had sh- shit in order. The people that worked there loved music. Yep. You know, and Marcus was like the, the, the main guy. And he was like, yo, honestly, he's like, I'm a hardcore guy. That guy's yeah, nice. like he before Before guy. I he met is. him, he was like, I collect seven inches my Sick. whole life. I used to sell them out of my apartment. He's like, I'm a hardcore punk guy, and that's why I like you so much. I got you know? first. I got first pressing of the Outface seven inch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was just like really straight up. Like that's what really wanted. It's like he was like that was a factor that really helped in signing you guys. He was like, I knew that you're a hardcore guy, and I was like, again, hardcore wow. coming. Always coming. Back. Always. Now, always. Yeah. Was that you? Are those those words yours? The 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 mediator. Oh, okay. So they had the next album. So. I'm going to take a pee again. Uh, I, I'll okay. tell you like, <laughs> really quick that uh, Dolabella, the drummer, he ended up leaving the band, not wanting right. to go on tour. Again, personal. That's when Eloy came into the picture. Right. So again, we're just like, what are we going to do? You know, like people love this album. It was a big change with Kairos when it came out. People are yeah, like, bro. yeah, this is what I'm talking about. Yeah. Like it was, a, I don't know, maybe a little more relatable to general population of people but i don't know what it is you never really know but it was it just you could feel it from the shows getting bigger um just the reaction becoming Absolutely. a lot different so then we have we have a lot of songs we can play i love you know that and so it's it was like, like fuck you, fuck so you. it became more and more of like you know newer songs yes. or Derek air songs <laughs> and it feels great yeah it feels great you know and You're we can mix both of your it. own thoughts you no, absolutely your own and, it, and it's challenging, and again, we have already built like a, a, a fan base that's uh, a younger fan base. Wow. And so then that's when we met, you know, we needed a drummer, and then Eloy Custom. Eloy came in the picture. And Eloy came in the picture with the mediator between head and hands must be the heart is a title that uh, Andreas, our guitarist, thought of um, coming from like Metropolis, from that, st- wow. that movie, um, that idea, because we were always in these arguments about is technology helping humanity or is it taking away? Oh, that's brilliant. And so we always had these discussions oh, wow. on the bus. It's just like, you guys yeah. are too smart for metal. <laughs> oh, dude, they're brilliant. <laughs> no disrespect. No, not saying metal is dumb, no but like, way. I mean, it was just like, I don't know, just straight talking. I was like, well, I was like, technology is fantastic. You know, there's mm-hmm. a lot of things that we wouldn't be able to do without it. And, 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 and but it the could, heart must mediate that. Yes. And keep you grounded. And it, it went deep on that. And it was it was like Beautiful. okay, and so we had a Brazilian Seriously, artist like come and do. We were like okay, we're gonna have an artist, you know, who we're gonna pick out, and it ended yeah. up being a Brazilian guy, and he had just like a chalk drawing, and it was just perfect. It already, it, wow. we didn't ask him to change anything. It just it was, spoke to you. It just spoke to us, and it was just like a dude reaching into yeah. his heart, just dark. And we're like, let's just we're gonna get gnarly with this album. Now we're with yeah. the drummer that loves metal. And so, and he and Eloy is but young. Can do everything. He can do everything. You went from Roy to Eloy. <laughs> we went from Roy <laughs> to Eloy. Yeah, 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 dude. <laughs> but Eloy was like super young. He was super talented. He already played in a lot of different bands before. He played in a pretty popular Brazilian uh, rock type band. That, Which band? 
I can't remember the name, but okay. they were. You guys can just Google it. Yeah, yeah, you can. Yeah. You can Google that. <laughs> yeah. But he had already won like modern drummer contests of like he was fourteen, That's and they cool. were like, "Yo, can, we're gonna fly him." This is, and he can see that on YouTube too, where he's just like a kid playing these crazy Brazilian rhythms, just like a solo in front That's of incredible. all these people That's on cool. stage. And I was like, "Whoa!" It's, and I was like, "This guy has got to be in the band." And I feel like he took that trademark. Sepultura thing that that, that 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 Igor started and just mm. took it in a new direction. <sighs> Yo, he took it in a completely different direction. I mean, they're both but, but incredible it, but drummers. But it sounds like Sepultura still. You yeah, know what I mean? But right. he figured out how to harness that energy. Oh, right. Y- y- kind of no like, doubt. Kind of like um, uh, the difference between Bostaff and, 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 and Lombardo. Mm. Lombardo, I feel like, really pioneered and created that, that sound. But then Bostaff came in and said, how can I respect that? But make it backwards. True. You know what yeah, I mean? You'd yeah. be like, what is that kick pattern? Like, right. what are you doing? You know, like, it, yeah. it's, it's a lot bizarre, of respect. You know? yeah. yeah. So I feel like mm-hmm. it's a similar vibe. It can be, I think, at times. You know, it's like, I, I think with Deloy, he's always growing. He's still so young. And so it's always amazing to see him play and see what he'll come up with. But that was the first album with him. So he was, okay. again, everybody getting used to each other again. Right. You know, he's got a different energy, which is like way over the top. So it's just like, oh shit, you know, live shows, everything started to really change wow. up. The songs are really dark, really brutal, you know, like, and we went with Ross Robinson as yeah. the producer. Yeah. And who did Which circling Roots album, back. Circling Roots, back. Yeah. And Ross is a very, you know, uh, organic type person, you know. He's just yeah. like, we're going to talk about feelings. Did he bury your tapes? <laughs> no, he didn't bury okay, the tapes this time. This time he did not bury them, but it was really like talking about. The songs, how we feel about them, everyone playing together in the same room, you know, supporting each other. It's cool. You know, really getting in touch with this whole new lineup. Did you get to feel that intensity? My, my buddy Riley, he plays in this band Night Versus, and they, they worked with Ross. Mm-hmm. And he was telling me, like, some of those famous Ross stories, you oh, know. And he's yeah. like, yo, bro. He's like, I was trying to do this bass part. And he's like, I was hunched over, and my bass is really low, and I'm hitting it as hard as I can. And he's yelling at me, you're not doing it hard enough. And he's like, dude, I did it so hard, I hit the floor. You know, and he's damn. like, and he, yeah, and he said he was like, fuck, god damn it. And he's yelling, and, 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 and he goes, it was good a while ago. I think you just needed to get that out. Wow. Yeah. It, it right? Super... Yeah. So you can be good tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. At t- I wanted to, to kill him at times, you know. Really? It was just really, I mean, because you're going super deep into yourself and you know you have like any of those fears or doubts you know you really put those out there and it's just like be real here this is the fucking moment that you're here to do your stuff why are you holding back don't hold back anything you know and it's just like you're right you're right you know getting into that whole focus but that helped tremendously working with ross and for my first time so then Eloy joins the band, gets to work with the most prolific producer of right. the, you know, I mean, it, it, it must have been fucking crazy for him, too. Oh, yeah. And, and uh, Lombardo came by as well, just oh, hanging out. Like, can you imagine being a drummer and Dave Lombardo comes by? Fucking, be like, but, Fuck, bro, but Ross really? did it naturally. On, Ross did you know it naturally. Like, he was over with this dog, and he was like, oh, it's, it's my dog. And he was like, oh, oh guess wow. who just happened to come by? And it's wow. like, hey, why don't you get up some drums here and just and, do a jam? And he kind know? of wow. stepped into shoes just like yours. Oh, yeah. Sing a brother and. You know, totally heralded yeah. as the you know oh, yeah. who is yeah the goat you know what I mean so and and again Eloy just doing what he does does his thing you he know wasn't d- pretending to be him like no. you weren't pretending to be right him. and that helped okay. tremendously now having Eloy join uh, and and coming at that time did that have something to do with the decision to make that rock and Rio record with all those drummers 
Oh, I mean, that already yeah, happened. Les like, Tambours du Bronx. Tambours or was that something Bronx. you had done previously? We had done previously with Jean Delabelle. Oh, that was with Jean playing. Yeah. Okay, okay. And we did it with Eloy, too. Okay, which is phenomenal. They're on stage with how many drummers? There's like 20 dudes wow. with like huge like oil drums, like That's just sick. beating the hell out of them. And we met them at a festival. It's like free Tibet festival. Wow. And we played with them, and we were so impressed by the energy. Again, like the taiko drummers from... Yeah. Uh, from Kodo, Japan. Japan. And so we were like, wow, they have that raw energy. It's really cool. Maybe we could do something together with them. And so we just contacted them, and they loved the idea of, of doing some Sepultura songs. Dope. And, and then us doing some of their songs together. Everybody YouTube that it. shit. It's fucking insane. And so it was insane. We're That's like, cool. let's do it at a so festival. You that record, and then you drop right after it. The uh, It was like a soundtrack for a TV miniseries. Uh, the, I, I'm not, I'm not going to oh, okay. say it right, but Double Identity. Right. And that was pretty much my guitarist worked on that. Okay, you didn't yeah. write any of that music no, or any no. of that? Okay, because it was like a uh, the, the theme music. For yeah, the, for the television for the show. That's cool. Yeah. And it was under the Sepultura moniker, right? Right, it was, right. Okay, so uh, that drops, so you're just chilling. Yeah, we were doing a lot of touring. It's like, this is okay. the new guy, and then it's like really... People seeing the show live started to change like that energy, you know. When somebody new comes to the band, it can yeah. bring a whole new energy. Yeah. And we felt that, I think. Reborn you know? kind of, yeah. Totally I love it. rebirth and we're nuclear blast that are like totally pushing it. So with the nuclear blast change, we just started to notice like the growth in like a younger yeah. audience, bigger audience, better shows, and like everything really going in an upward just, direction. Ooh, people that yeah. believe in Power. what you're doing. And so that was it affects like, you and your band. Oh, absolutely. More of force. You know, we're just like, oh, re- regaining this confidence within ourselves Amazing. with this whole new formation. So that happens, right? right? 2015 comes. You guys are both still doing your things. You come out with Use Your Voice. Yes. Oh, yeah, Gilbert snap. does it. And uh, <laughs> Paul dude, Miner. Yeah. With Paul Miner. And dude, it's a fucking big record. Number one, Heat Seekers, Billboard. What <laughs> label was it? It, like, it hit number yeah. 86 on Billboard, dude. Oh, fine. That's, remember that. hard, that's a hardcore record, dude. That's wow. Against Bridge Nine. Wow. Yeah. Bridge Nine. So you stuck with Bridge Nine. You're like, this is where we're at. This is yeah. our home. To be honest, we haven't been signed to the label since then, but we still deal with them with no nice, contract. Nice. That's how much we love Chris. And we, wow. As, and he's done so good by us. I see. That's incredible. Dude. He's like he's not the typical industry, but he's a right. hardcore kid, you know? So use your voice, dude. Wow. It, I didn't realize all that shit. It wow. really is powerful. And it spoke. I, I I played shows with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. During that record, yeah. and I I, wa- I watched it, dude. It's just nuts. And we joked around about it last time. You yeah. want to get slamming <laughs> fucking hardcore show in Germany? Fucking get us and you guys. You know what I mean? Does it voices have Max on the cover? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Rappaport did the photos. So oh, Rappaport did those photos? Uh huh. No, no way. Photos of Max. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, and so we had uh. Yeah, yeah. We had stencils made in the backyard, and we, we took pictures of the stencils. My glued blowing, onto my dude. wall right no, there. No, yeah. here? Uh-huh. That's a cool idea. DIY, yeah, wrapped, everybody. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's dope. So, yeah, he did those. Cool. That is a huge record. You guys are torn like crazy. Was that the record? You did like a big show, I remember, in L.A., and like Travis played drums. And yeah, yeah, yeah. You, it was around was that, that time. Was that the one with the Roxy, maybe? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Huge. I mean, everybody, H-O-H-O-H-O. Yeah. I mean, like, dude, you guys are just... I don't know. It, I forgot what show that was. Yeah, Travis it, played One Life, One Chance, and Guilty with us. Yeah, It's like your band just got exponentially bigger. There's seven years in between that record as well. Oh, yeah, really? Exactly. Yeah, so oh we did it purpose. So it's like go seven years and then use your voice Which, after nothing to prove seven years. And now it's almost how many years? Seven, yes. Oh, oh my God. So, yeah. so nothing Smart. to prove. Then use your voice. Yes. With seven year gap. Yep. Wow. And, and, and go nothing to prove seven years. 
So it works like, fuck, let's just keep doing this. Let's right, not rush right. for nothing Amazing. else. So yeah. So now I'm almost due for a new record, to so, be honest. So we've been talking for a while, and it, and and everybody listening, thank you, because I know I'm not moving super fast, but I want to know good. everything. It's all good. I really want to know everything. Yeah. But I and I'm trying to get to everything, you know? And and uh so you guys are smashing the fucking planet, dude. Yeah, <laughs> then I have a question. I mean, did you notice a, a, a fan? Fans changing or sing the same? Younger? Were they older or younger? Younger. Fans? Yeah. So, yes. now, so now the people that grew up with the band for 26 years, they're having their own children. Okay. And so they're bringing their kids or their cousins yep. or nephews. So yeah, our crowd's gotten crazy <laughs> younger. It's it's crazy, man. Now okay. this is why we're lucky. Jason Cruz from Strung Out pointed this out to me. We were both hanging out at a show watching the Reverend Horton Heat play. Okay. And we were both just you know as you get with him, mind blown at his how he's a virtuoso. And he's playing the guitar, killing it. And we're looking at the crowd, and I was like, man, there's a few young people here, man. Some young greasers <laughs> checking out the rev. And he's all greasers. like, you know? And, you know? Yeah, and he's, yeah. All, he's all, yeah. And he goes, he's, and he's all, hey, man, we're all lucky. And I go, what do you mean? He goes, the cool thing about metal mm-hmm. and punk yeah. and hardcore or thrash, or whatever you call our realm, the older you get, it's weird. I was the same way. I it made me think that bands were cooler the older mm-hmm. they got. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't happen to an, other genres of music nah. where you got to get your face stretched out and yeah. fucking right, da, da, da. Right, you know right. the realer it gets, the yeah. more sincere it gets with time, yeah. the deeper your writing gets, the more respected it's, it's you intru- become. It's really interesting, it is interesting actually. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly like Mike, get younger, yeah. Mike Ness Come on, man. I know, man. That dude is the coolest human he's being on planet. Still, cool. the, still the coolest. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. And yeah. he's was cool then, but he's cooler now. Dude. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? So there's, you just get Legendary, this natural yeah. kind of, there's this natural swagger. Mm-hmm. You know, when so, yeah. so it's kind of cool. So here we are. That's a good point. 2015. Yeah. You guys are running on natural swag, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and fucking, uh, you come out with a split record, which is just like fucking hardcore. The split mm. with Exodus, Elder Gods. Didn't you do it? The, I was like, whoa! I was like, oh shit, we did. Uh-oh. There was, there was, a, it was on Spotify for a minute, then it was gone. There were some new songs, mm. and it's listed on Discogs as a split. And I always thought wow. that was weird because that it was like weird. That's there was some, some pirate sep, shit. Man. There were some was... Sep songs, Sep songs on Sepultura songs on, on there. And there was Exodus songs on there, so yeah. I don't know if those were if that was unofficial. And it was, I think that was very unofficial, okay, and not legit. It, it was gone. <laughs> it was yeah. gone, and and I remember being like, "Yo, I'm trying to fucking find this thing," and I'm googling it, mm. and on Google, it's listed. That's wow. crazy. So maybe it was just a bootleg, or something. I don't know. It's, just, it, they I mean, there's some there's demos. Some, oh, there was covers on there, I think. Like, but I could never find it. That's weird. I mean, there's definitely look it up. It's okay. un- unofficial. We'll Google it's it. It's definitely unofficial because. You know, I, okay. I would tell any kids out there, like, keep your publishing. Yeah, because it was up and it was gone. Oh, no, you're right. Yeah. I remember Sick of It All telling us that early on. They're like, yo, dude, we get to Europe and there's just new live albums from us. You know? And I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, shit. You know? Like, yeah. 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 So, publishing. Okay. So, <clears throat> past that, 2017, Machine Messiah. Can you get him a drink, please, Sparkling? <laughs> Me so, too, Max. So Liquid tw- death, please. Uh, uh, 2017, Machine Messiah. Uh, 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 okay. Kevin Codfort. I'm going to say at least his last name wrong. Bu- Jens. Bu- uh, Jens Bogren. We don't have any. Oh, sorry. Check in the back. They're in the back, Max. Oh. You, you worked with these conductors. Oh, yes. Kevin Codfort right. and Elise 
Bauschausha. I'm going to say it wrong. Okay. But, but uh, you work with these conductors. Who, uh, okay, how did you even find them? <laughs> What's going, and where are they from? I, I, I think, you know, a lot of times we, we we really reach out to people who aren't in the metal world. Which is fantastic. And, and it's important because we love so many different genres of right. music. So we're friends with certain composers or certain people that know other people. Um, and yeah. so after working with Ross and doing... You moved to Jens Borgen. Yes. And so I, I felt that people really loved... Uh, mediator they thought it was amazing um it's dirty as hell you know it's brutal yes and so i felt that it was like wow we should really find a completely opposite um producer and and i really love the way that a lot of swedish bands are sounding and the production so smooth so it's smooth you can hear clean clear yeah you know it's heavy but you can still hear like the melodical parts or the well, singing how, parts. How does the singer from In Flames sound like mm. the most evil man on earth? But at the same time, it's so catchy and melodic. Right. You, you know what I mean? Yes. It's, it's bizarre. I mean, there were a lot of. I, I was always mystified. I was like, man, Sweden always has banging sound and banging producers. And so, looked up Jens, and I was like, yo, told everybody, I was like, we gotta really work with did this guy. Did you fly him out, or did you go to him? We went to him. Like we, we were actually on tour. And we met him at like a truck stop in Sweden, like in the middle of nowhere. And you just stayed out there and recorded. We 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 wrote to him and we're like, "Hey, we really want to work with you." Um, and he was just like, "Yeah, great. Demos, send me the demos, and uh, we can do this." And wow, um, you know, he lives on a farm in the middle of like That's nowhere in, in 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 Sweden. Who's Uru- that? Jens Bogren. Okay, in Urubru, in, in this area. It's a small city. Wow, and uh, and. It, that was a game changer, honestly. I mean, working with him was phenomenal. It was draining, and we had to really put that album out pretty fast for some reason. I felt that, you know, like, okay, a lot of pressure. Um, but it was the second album with Deloy, and we were going in super confident, and so that really changed the game. You know, and also, <laughs> at, at, at this point, so many years later, dude, like, Straight up, because I've said this about my band, and mm-hmm. anybody ever, you still hear somebody say, hey, this dude, the new dude. I'll be like, yo, this dude was in the band longer than the dude you like. Yeah. Right. So, you know yeah. what I mean? Right. So, All right. so, you know, so, so by this time, that's gone. Oh, I mean, by that time, we didn't give Long a, we gone. didn't care. We had done Long so gone. many, so many albums tours and albums and, and amazing shows. And you're just in full and, ex- free expression. Absolutely. Right. And we're, and we're very, very confident, you know, at this point, we're just like, let's, let's nail this and, and I was like, yeah, this producer is really adding to the, you know, Jens is really adding to what we've done. And, you know, I told him, I was like, I really want to be able to come across with some singing parts that just really cut through that are powerful, just yeah. as powerful as the screaming. And he yes. really got that. And, and we were able to do that with the title track, Machine Messiah. And then once everything was like done and we're sitting there and he's like, I'm going to be mixing it. I'm going to be doing everything. He was on it, you know, very meticulous about his work. And we're just like, you know what? Everybody was like, title songs should be Machine Messiah. And I was like, yeah, but I'm singing at the very beginning. It's like really droning, like March, you know, kind of yeah. like death really march. different for you guys. Totally different. So like not cool. starting the album with just like, you know, the heaviest song. And I was like, oh, I was like, all right, you know, like, yeah, let's do this, you know. And 
It's just like taking that chance it, I, I thought was really big with that album, something we've never done before. You also pointed out the idea of the melodic vocal being as powerful as the scream, right. yeah. the growl, yeah. which, as you know, is important because, mm-hmm. and I think that's another thing that, at least for me, comes from hardcore, and I always try to make my clean vocals powerful, and uh, uh, I look at bands like Uniform Choice. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, you're like, bro, that is power, and that's just as powerful as Barney. Right. Going, yeah. On scum. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, like, yeah, dude. <laughs> Screaming for a change. Never reach it. Yeah, it's true. You know what I mean? So I, I totally get where you're coming from. On yeah, that. yeah. And, that, and, and, and I'm so glad you brought that up. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, so you felt really comfortable with the ends. You were felt incredibly You loved spending com- the time there. Is that why you went back? Yeah. I mean, I mean, especially with the ends because he works with each person individually. You know, it's like, you know, when it's my time and it's my time and we're there, like, going back and forth like having fun and and talking about a lot of different things and it's a fun time you know same with my guitarist when he was there it's just their time you know i was out doing some other stuff either writing lyrics or working on you know certain parts like okay just finalizing a lot of stuff but most of it's always written before we go to yens but he's had the demo so he already knows like every part he's like what about this part and they're like he's, what part he, he studied it yeah he was like oh yeah i was like oh shit i forgot about that and he remembers yeah. stuff and i was like man i respect this guy i respect what he's saying he knows exactly when it's like why i don't like something he can explain why he doesn't like it and we should do it again so he's like it's really hard to like find somebody that can really articulate their feelings absolutely you know, without like, frustrating because in the studio you know? somebody will be like I don't know man it sounds a little blue and, and I'm like man I know like, so he's like I'm gonna fucking about? knock yeah. you out man I'm gonna I'm about <laughs> to knock you out yeah, 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 you know yeah. but he would say it in a way it's just like funny like mm, that was good <laughs> and then you're like yeah but fuck I could do better and he's like okay well, we'll see if you can do it better wow, and man. then when it's good it's just like. Then you get that a was real good, reaction. yeah. And then you're yeah. like, okay. Ooh, so you so start hard. to know like his demeanor. If he's like, oh, that was okay, and then you, mm-hmm. but you're like, fuck. You start pushing yourself. So, so, but that that helped tremendously. So, but it, that just, I mean, the difference was uh, pretty big from that skip from once that album came out, right? You know, because Aloy was definitely in his, you know, comfortable and just he's flying, he's killing it. You know, like literally live, especially. Uh, and it's, it's pretty surreal. Yeah. He's so fucking good. It's just. Oh, the producer guy? It, uh, oh, the drummer. The drummer, sorry, sorry, drummer sorry. yeah. Oh. And it's just like the whole show, like you were saying, Toby, we had to change the whole setting of the show, the whole backdrop, everything, the whole direction, the artwork. Yeah. Was a Filipino artist. Yeah. She's from the Philippines. We never met her. Wow. Look at Paris, saw one of her paintings online. Damn. Going through oh, life. So and, and it just. Dude. Again, we didn't ask her to change anything. We're like, we want to buy your painting the way it is Damn. and how it looks. So I was like, she doesn't speak English. You know, I was like writing her and then we didn't hear anything for like a month. Damn. Then like, wow. like a couple months. And Andres is like, I don't know if she can read this or understands what we want to do. And so I contacted a friend of ours who's Filipino who lives in Manila. And he contacted her and he's like, yeah. Uh, she had no idea. Wow. Like, wow. So, but I talked to her and she... She doesn't know anything about the whole metal world or anything, yeah. but she was like, she'll sell it. She and, thought it was cool? Yeah. She was like, oh, that's cool. That's Great. amazing. That's awesome. So it's just like, that was the artwork. Didn't have to change anything. It was like perfect. It was like a machine, you know? Yeah, and it was just crazy. like the whole idea of like, this is the new Messiah, your phone. You know, you Google mm-hmm. it, you ask it questions, you believe it. Wow. You know, people believe in it. It's like, ah, oh, machine Messiah. Like, I yes, love that. Tell me, you know? 
and it's it's a scary position to be in because you know this can be very oh dude you can't do anything without a phone I mean you right. can't get a job without a phone it's crazy it, man. it's the new god it's you an extension I mean? like, of the human body yeah yeah it's crazy man it's, it's creepy it's yeah. creepy but they, I mean but they, yeah that was the whole theme and it was like yeah and then like it's the timing the timing was great and the, and the energy of our band was like we're doing stuff that we've never tried before which really opened the ear of a lot of people that I was assuming would be hating on it. Mm-hmm. It brought in less haters and it brought in a bigger audience. Like even the ones that we're hating Dope. before, like this is kind of cool. And it's just That's like rad. from that melodic singing type style at the very beginning of the album. And then we're just like, you know what? If, uh, you li- if we listened to critics our whole life being in bands, we'd oh, never man. got anywhere done anything. You know, Facts. you're absolutely you know right. It's like, so it, Now I true. respect some writers, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I've said this. There's often been times so where true. like, dude, I get it. Everybody has their own opinion. But there's some guys that don't understand our genre that like to comment on it. And and they'll flagrantly just like, whatever. And and I've actually said this to a guy. I go, you know what, man? Like you were so cutthroat about it. And it's Mm -hmm. not that I really care. Right. But I just I told the guy, I'm like, I want you to know that while you sit in your room writing about what I do, I fucking do it. Exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. What have you Facts. done? You written a song. Right. You've been on yep. tour. Did what anything? the fuck yeah. have you done? Exactly. Right. What the right. fuck have you done? Yeah. yeah. It's you know, true, true though because so you have true. these yeah. critics never done anything. They don't even write music. I wish they could or anything. And it's right. like, yeah, exactly. So yeah. and how so do you right. get how do you get a job <laughs> to critique music if you're not a musician? It, it's so right. lame. It's really interesting. It's weird. It's, it's like getting a tattoo from a guy with no tattoos. Like movie. Like well, movie critics have to go to movies and watch them, but they don't write movies either. But I'm saying you should be, if you're a musician, it's different. you could maybe critique shit, but still then you'd be more sensitive to it because you are a musician and been through the same shit. Yeah. It's and, weird, man. It's weird. And, and, yeah. I would just be like, okay, well then show me your song. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Walking. I bet it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, yeah. If you feel like there's some serious haters that are out there just trying to hatchet artists just for the fact of doing it to create like a buzz for their audience. 100%. You know, and which you, is ridiculous. Which, you know? Which, in hindsight, at the end of the day, I remember seeing so many bad reviews on my first record, and it worked out. So, exactly, fucking, yeah. hey, thanks for the favor. You yeah. know, talk about right. me more. Talk about me more, you know? It's so, so true, man. So here we are, on the timeline. You're stoked with Jens, then you get to 2020, and there's Quadra. Yeah, with Jens again. Yes. Because we already felt we're like, you know what, we're probably going to come back here again, because it was yeah, so good. Yeah, cool. And, and it, was, it was, I mean very hard to work on the next album because right. we're really again pushing ourselves but it, at the same time it was super comfortable you know now, do you feel that at this point just in your life as a as a person mm-hmm. that having you'd lived in different places i remember you were saying you mm-hmm. had lived in uh, amsterdam i think yep you know and you lived in brazil forever you're right. here now again but do you feel like because of that by the time you got to 2020 to make a record are you writing a record from the perspective of someone from brazil in some, you know what yeah, I mean? Like, well, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's yeah. there's a song, Guardians of Earth, is directly because of Brazil and the Amazon right. and that whole idea coming from being in Brazil and, and seeing or talking to certain people and reading about it and, and, and seeing um, certain things that really add to that song, of course. I mean, and I think anything that you're doing, like you said, you, Toby was saying that he moved to California, having a kid, going all through that. all the experience oh, yeah. is going to be in the writing for the next album it that was, you have. Yeah, oh, yeah. So it just happens 
naturally it's life you it's know life. he's going through changing man. experiences mm-hmm. and then you're like man i got something different to write about and so it's the same from traveling to all like, these different like, places. Like I'm, not right. a part, like I'm not a part of a scene. I'm not in New York. My scene is my right. house, being a parent, my wife, yeah. right. everyday yeah. life. Right. We don't right. hang out on the curb anymore. That's not anymore. Right. Right. So right. your scene's yeah, yeah. changed. Right. It's, it's interesting. But it's, it's, I, I mean, like getting back to the point of like bands just like needing to take those chances, like the biggest bands that are still around were the ones that did take those chances. They're the only ones that are remembered. Right. Metallica. Black I album. remember Black yeah. Album. Yeah, there you go. I love the album. I love the album. Even Injustice, Injustice was a big jump. was like, people were like, oh, I'm done with this. It's over. And was, I'm like, it, yeah, was, was that song I'm one? just getting good. Yeah. That song one. one was on there. It Great. was their first yeah. video. First, and their first Dude. video. Yeah. On MTV, and people were hating on yeah. them. Like, one? Green Day, too. Green Day, Broken Boulevard of Dreams. Green Day, their ballad. Amazing. Timmy Chunks is Amazing ballad. Yeah, he is, dude. That's a great song, though, man. Fuck. Dude, so. Take chances, man. Yeah, those chances are super important. Do you think this journey for both of you guys, do you think this journey to work from, you know, way back when we started in 95, 96 to 2020, do you think that. All these experiences have like drastically changed your worldview, or do you think it just strengthened your worldview and just made all these experiences just strengthened who you were, or did it change any of who you were? Did you lose something along the way, or did you just feel like you gained more? I think it made me a, a, a more a, made me a more open-minded, well-rounded human by traveling the world at such a yep. young age. From going to Europe in like ni- no going to South America in 1989 or 90 was sick of it all. Man. Just traveling the world that was my college and seeing the world. And being able to play music in, in different cultures and people sing along in different languages and just traveling, getting out of my comfort zone, getting out where I live and music taking me on this fucking journey. Yeah, it's made me, I feel like it's made me, it, I don't know, it's made me who I am today. Like I have so many different experiences uh, from traveling and my mind and just seeing the way different people live and just leaving America, just all that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's definitely changed me in such a positive way. Playing music is, is so, uh, I don't know. It's magical and, and inspiring, and it's a, for me, it's a really positive thing, you know. And I feel like you guys have probably gone through it mentally and emotionally over the years. There's those dips, mm. but now, totally, now, yeah. Mm. Now I'm in this place, at least with myself personally, where it still blows my mind every single time. Some dude is all, "Man, I think it's so cool you come to my country," you know. Yeah, like, <laughs> like you know, wherever yeah. you are, and, they, they, and and I'm just like, I. Thanks, man. I fucking mm-hmm. I can't believe I'm fucking here either. You know what I mean? This right. is crazy, bro. You know? know. Like, oh yeah. What am I doing here? It definitely from traveling, it, I, I realized that I don't know anything. Yeah. Every time you travel, I'm like, man, I thought I knew this, but yeah. And when we meet people yeah. our age that have been through such drastically different experiences, but it's great to step out of your comfort zone. You so, know, that's extremely important to oh, really yeah. to to get a better understanding of what's Keep really creating. going on. You know, because. Yep. You get so caught up in your own shit. It's just you. It, it can blind you, you know. So it's yeah. important, you know. I think to have that, you know, without fear to step outside your comfort zone and not yeah. be controlled by that fear, you know. Yeah, and I'm, I'm very lucky that I thought becoming a parent would change everything, <laughs> but be able to like become a parent and then have um, a chance to take my son around the world since he was four years old. He's been to so Japan dope, twice, South America, everywhere. He's in Russia. Last and time I saw him was in was Europe, S- right? S- Slovenia. So be wow. able to, get, to, be able to, yeah. to be able to give my son that experience at that young age, I think is, is uh, for him, it's made him such a Gold. well-rounded kid too and very, you know, look you in the eye when he talks to you, respect, sure. just everything he's about him, the gentleman, just everything he's learned and seen. You, could, you can't get that from a book in school. I'm sorry. Absolutely like Even not. like, him missing some school that she was like, you know, where were you, Max? Like, I was in Chile. Okay, can you write about it? We'll give you credit for that because it's experience. Like, you went somewhere they were only reading about. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Like, so all that, incredible. like, 
the music is taking me so far around this world and and I got to bring my family with me and meet so many people and to become my family like it's it's incredible. I know, I know that feeling. I remember just like the first time going to Connecticut and being in some like that the museum where they got the Ferris Bueller stuff, you know, yeah. like Ferris Bueller, <laughs> where they're staring at that painting. So yeah. we all went and stood in front of it like, oh, let's do this Ferris Bueller shit. Yeah. And I remember going to the payphone and calling my mom because I was, I never seen nothing. I go, I saw this thing I saw in school once in this museum, mom. You know, yeah. I saw this painting. <laughs> what the fuck? You know, and, yeah. and, 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 and that still happens. Yeah. You know, so let's bookend this really quick. Yeah. 2020 the lockdown everything mm-hmm. fucking everything just got stopped everything we were all trying to do got halted and you still dropped tainted love yeah, <laughs> yeah you did yeah it was uh it was before the lockdown and it was mm-hmm. for comic-con or it was actually for a tv series um they wanted a song and they wanted to to be tainted love and i was like oh hell yeah i mean i love soft, soft sell your your yeah. tainted love is fucking it was brutal man Bro. we were I mean, we, had, we hadn't had a <laughs> yeah. chance to tour yet mm-hmm. on the album like the release of quadra came out and we're like waiting waiting to go on tour and they're like in between they were like let's do this drop this uh soundtrack for this tv how the fans respond to that separate they loved fans. it okay, they, awesome. they, i mean i a lot you of them were like always... i love soft cell you know it's like yeah. wow you've always done really unique covers yeah and then it's a, again it's again stepping out of the box and showing people that we love other, other styles types of, of music. music. I gotta point this out because I didn't talk about it earlier, dude. Your bullet, the blues guy, is so uh, ill, dude. Like, uh, thank like, you. dude. I do not like a lot of bands will try and do YouTube, and I, I just know. don't feel it. And then I remember <laughs> I that came either. out, and I was like, oh, I'm all even. This video's sick. Like this. Yeah. No, hard. that that blew a lot of people's heads. Like metalheads are like, you too? Like really? Yeah. And there was like, yeah, you yeah, too. Yeah. This shit's awesome, heavy, man. man. Yeah. It's that- like. That's the video where you're like on a building. Yeah. You got the, and you guys made the mat, the bandanas yeah, with the yeah, Sepultura yeah. logo. And you're just like, on the yeah. And yeah. I, and I was so like, hard, dude. It was crazy because I had that. I was the one that was like, I want this video to look like this. And I drew the storyboard for it. And I gave it to the director. I found the director, actually. He's a Brazilian guy. He's the cinematographer. And uh, he wanted to direct. And he he saw the storyboard. He's like, "This is great." And I was I envisioned a young boy doing it, a Brazilian kid running the streets. And yeah, doing yeah. It. yeah. But they were like, "Yo, you should do it, man!" And at the time, yeah. I was jacked. Right? You, you look like a I was, warrior. I was like running. so no, much. That was shit. in L.A. during the walk, uh, lockdown, or no? No, this okay. was like oh, an this old old video. Okay, but okay. I was just like, "Yo!" I was like, already happened to be going to the gym like every day for like a year, yeah. and I was just like. Uh, yes. I was like, really? You want me? And they're like, yeah, it's your first video in the band, and it actually, it's a good gotcha. way to show you. And I was yeah. like, all right. <laughs> and then it was just like insane. But uh, it was really that choosing that song helped a lot. Like a lot of Brazilians, like I'm definitely with Sepultura. You know, like a hundred percent. That's what's. Up. I, I I have a question for you though. I didn't know you sang it Inside Out and in the Revelation thing. Oh, the Revelation oh. Thirty. Yeah, we Death Mysterio. We did the Inside Out cover set. We wow. did. The, dude, we also. Because Li- Chris Lisk, who organized the show, yeah, asked us Lisk. to do yeah. it, right? Mm-hmm. And, dude, we got a lot of, like, we were hearing through the grapevine, like, oh, people think it's lame you're doing that. Wow. Oh, yeah. And then, like, uh, you know, people. We'll never to your face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the people that we knew, whatever, well, that's fine. That's their opinion. You know, and people close to Rev and all that, they shouldn't be doing it. They shouldn't be playing. They weren't on Rev. Wow. Okay, so, so, oh, yeah. so, so who do they got then? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I know. And we showed up and did it. And then you know what else we did, too? We fucking, dude, 
we fucking played True Tale Death, fucking change, just threw it down. Wow. Like, fuck, you know, like, yeah. we're down with everybody. Great response dude. for the... Uh, yeah, it went off. We awesome. played As One, Warzone. We just threw him into Sick. the middle of the yeah. out record, dude. And, fucking and, and, awesome. And, and that, cool you did that. That day, Bread Ignite said something, and it resonated with me. It resonates with me because... Like what you're talking about, like when you got in the band and you, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you had to like go, it's crazy, all this stuff. Then you go out and play the show and the whole place goes fucking nuts. Mm-hmm. And in your head, you're like, that just got validated. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Red Ignite told me that. He's like, dude, we walked out there, half the place not wanting us to do it. We start playing. The place goes fucking nice. Right. And Brett tells me he just—he's all—he's all right at that moment. I leaned over to the list. He's all that just got validated. Fuck, you know, <laughs> wow. yeah, you know. But that feeling is. I was, spi- yeah. uh, was it no spiritual surrender? Yeah, dude, that was that crazy. Along was fucking bonkers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alex from Chain played bass on. Wow. I wonder if, wonder if, wonder if Zach ever saw that. I don't know. Mm. That'd be kind of sick. Liz tried to get him to come, but. And then one thing we did, he can make it. On our part, right. on our on our part one episode, <laughs> the one thing you never mentioned to us, not not that it does it makes you who you are, but you you being vegan, it was, I didn't even know that. Oh yeah, yeah I am bro. vegan. Yeah. Uh, what uh, the? Yeah, yeah. Come on, man. And how long yeah. you been vegan for? Uh, it's been how long has it been now? It's been some years, maybe like four years. I was a vegetarian for a long time growing yeah. up because of the Smiths. Mm. Nice, you know. And then uh, <laughs> my mom just never really ate a lot of meat. She just wow. didn't feel yeah. it, you know. Uh-huh. And then we kind of did that together, you know. We were really? both vegetarians, yeah. Nice. And then, uh, then I I don't know why some tacos got in my way, and then I fell off. And then later in life, <laughs> uh, <laughs> tacos got in my way. way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and later in life too, like I have a weird stomach, and got you. Things yeah. weren't going good for me, you know. And then also, I was at the time I was dating a girl who's still my friend who worked at PETA. Okay. And she kind of really like, I, I, I feel like I loved animals, but she really opened my eyes and my mind and showed me what loving animals really is. That's amazing, dude. Wow. You, you know, and I yeah. really thought about it. You know, Davey said it to me. Of course. Davey Havoc, he said to me, he's, he's like, he's like, oh, you finally stopped ignoring. Right. Yeah. Wow. Your problem. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was like, you're totally right, man. And, I, and, I, and I feel it and I, and I feel like a different person mentally physically it's awesome it, dude. It, it was a great choice for me and i believe yeah. in it and i i it may not be my platform right it's not my band's platform yeah right. but but I, I i do believe in it yeah I believe you're, in animal rights. I, yeah, you're the only you vegan know. in your band uh now uh there's a uh, jp's a vegan now too but you're the, the only guitarist. vegan in separatura correct yeah, that's correct sir oh you're a vegan too yeah I did not yeah, know that. yeah oh, that's oh cool. he's og from the 80s with me yeah that's how we roll man that's how we you, roll. So you guys <laughs> remember the generation of when vegan wasn't a term. Oh, it was go yeah. vegetarian. Yeah. yeah, yeah oh, yeah, then it was yeah. vegan. Yeah. They couldn't even say big, vegan back yeah, then. Yeah, it was like vegan. Yeah, I didn't even know what it was. <laughs> What's a falafels and Or like shit. they say in Germany. Falaf- I want a falafel. burgers and falafels. Boca, yeah. Boca pucks. Yeah, dude, we've been through all the different stages oh, yeah. of veganism. That's so cool, tour, man. He was like a vegan, and I remember he pulled a bag. We're all at like Vegas at a casino at a buffet, like stoked, and he pulls this bag of like trail mix out of his bag, you know? And, and I'm just like, oh, whatever, bro. You know, chicken fried <laughs> country steak, bro, or whatever wow. they had at the buffet. But now, all this time later, I'll be on tour with Voodoo or the guys, and I pull out my bag with like 12 different vitamins and probiotics and a bunch of fucking seeds. <laughs> yeah. And now I'm that guy now. Like, I'm like, oh, <laughs> rabbit food. And, and how? How old are you now? 46. Yeah, you look great, going? too. Yeah, I appreciate right. that, man. It, right, helps you, right. it helps your life, man. Yeah, it changed my skin. It changed everything. Yeah, oh, yeah. dude. It, it really did. And plus, you know, I was... Uh, I, I, mean, I, like, I used to like to, I, I put I put a few back, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. But it's, cra- it's crazy how just, <laughs> j- just a diet can just change everything. Just what you... 
what you eat can just change anything. Your skin, everything. How you? It's oh just, yeah, man. One hundred percent. It's just it's just that easy, man. It's just, and I don't know. someone someone said to me, a friend said to me that I've known for years. He finally just said he's all, hey man, like, but why don't you eat meat? And I was like, dude. Cause you don't fucking have to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, you know. What I, and, he, and 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 I think it made him think. Cause I remember the, the look in his face, like, oh, you know, yeah. I'm like, yeah, dude. People that were hunters and gatherers didn't eat that much meat. Right. Mm-hmm. They had you to know? catch it, which is not that easy. No. If you yeah. ever tried that, bro, you know what with I mean. The stick or exactly. a quiver. <laughs> and we're not meant to eat that much meat and all yeah. that bullshit. Oh, well, you got canines. We don't fucking have canines, I know, dude. man. Like, you know it's what I mean? La- it's like, always the lame argument. You know, it's never anything that's that they truly believe. Yeah. It's just kind of like what they heard, uh, their I, arguments. Yeah, for. I said this on the podcast. I forgot with somebody last time. I, I used the word sell, which I shouldn't have said that. I should have said it's convenient. The, the difference yeah, between yeah. eating me is just convenience yeah. for people. Yes. That's all it is. And, and, and it's just... It's also cultural, too. Like, yeah. I, I, I would explain True. this to vegans and I would get in conversations with people at PETA. You know? And I'd be like, dude, like, I believe in this with all of my heart. Yeah. But my homie's grandfather that lives on the rancho <laughs> in Mexico is never going to fucking be a vegan, <laughs> has never heard the word, that, you know? And an and, and animal... Is an inanimate object to him. Yeah, he can say it's cute. Now we got to eat, you know. And I and yeah, we would have these right. debates, and I'd be like, "It's cultural," and I don't think we're really gonna break it down on the whole planet unless we understand other cultures. Right. And I think there's a lot of vegans, and I'm gonna say this because I came to veganism later in life. Yeah, I think I see a lot of vegans that only preach to the converted. I agree. You're- you know sure. what I mean? And, I and, and they're not taking the time to maybe understand why a person in this country no, feels they, that they what aren't. they're doing yeah. is normal and right. what you're doing is not good right. for you. Yeah, and, and I, 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 right. re, I replace that word in my life, always have the word teach, I mean preach with teach. I, I'm, teaching, yeah. I'm teaching, not preaching. I want to lead by example and not shove things down people's faces. Whether it's straight or veganism, yeah, whatever. It's like it's like your mom tells you a bunch of shit not to do, you actually go do it. So it's like that's the same reaction you're going to get when you force feed things to people. So that's 100%. never been my approach, you know? And you know, even with music and bands, like, like I always think it's cool to have a good message but like when i go see h2o it's like dude it's a fucking party yeah you know what thank i mean you, and it, it's fun thank you and, mm-hmm. and 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 it's just you can't i think people are more likely to go home to read the lyrics in your lyric book if you present it in a way that 100 percent entertaining. Right. yeah I, I think you know a lot of times people feel that they're under attack you know if you're if you're vegan or plant-based you know that you're trying to take away their their meat no. and, they, and they don't their understand freedom of protein I, I, I don't with a new flavor th- they really don't yeah. have an understanding i think of the full <laughs> the full picture you know as yeah. far as like they're like they'll use those examples like well my uncle's farm you know he's not doing anything he's not going to change it's like yeah but he's not creating the big problem of the big picture he's like not totally. talking about those little dudes no. on farms in small places you know it's a mass consumption exact of big industrial Companies, which is know, factory farm. This is where 100%. the pri- this is the biggest problem. It's not the little guy. You know, it's not about going after. It's about understanding what these companies are doing to our planet and then to ourselves. Is that's it, the and battle? To, and to some you know? of the most intelligent animals that love and recognize each other and want to be free and want to live. Right. Yeah. And the, they want to live. Mm-hmm. And so it's like it's a you know it's really not going after you know or you know these it's really going after you know, much bigger problems than what people are presenting. You know, it's always these little excuses. I'm like, yeah, but those 
they're not creating the mass problem that's going on. Totally. A lot of it is just the understanding of what it is that we're buying and how it's affecting our planet and how that connection, how we're all connected to that, how we all contribute a lot of times to these problems that are happening around and, us. And, and cows flatulent, I mean, cows farts, or the methylene, what's it called again? Oh, the, yeah, yeah. It's destroying the ozone. Yeah, it's the worst thing, worst in car, like fucking gas. oil. It's worse in cars. Absolutely. We don't need it's that cows many farts, cows basically, right? on the planet. Yeah, you know? it, it causes a, a lot of damage to the ozone, and there are yeah. actually technology, there's ways of capturing and they're eating up good farmland. Capturing, as, as they're time, destroying the yeah. land, actually. And, and Capturing cow farts? Capturing cow farts. And doing exist. what with it? Um, they're able to convert it. it wow. It's a really, very is expensive process. Is it methane? What's it called? What is it called? What is it's it? in a methane gas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a very expensive uh, They'll find process a way to, monetize to do it. Every but they will try to monetize it. Animal. But I mean. Yeah. It's true. Leave them alone. I, I mean, leave them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, and I, I love the argument. It's like, well, if you don't eat the cows, there are going to be cows everywhere. It's so no, like bro. Wandering the streets. I, I, I probably shouldn't be laughing at that. I mean, no, but the people, dude, how the do people you not laugh, said, dude, it's I've heard that you know, like, many What do you do with all the cows we don't yeah, eat? Yeah, I'm like, yeah. what are you talking about, bro? It's like, the reason they're so And they're mass produced. Because they're mass it's produced. <laughs> I remember sick of it all being really eye-opening for me, too. I was always, like, curious, but I remember Pete, when Mad Cow happened, we were on tour with them, and Pete looking at me, and he goes, can you believe that someone would willingly still eat that? Mm. And, right. I, and then Lou so turned around. Yeah. He's all, "Yeah," <laughs> you know, like, and I was all like, "Oh, yeah, oh, absolutely, yeah." They will eat know? the hell out of and, it. And, and, and I do, I do think we need more <laughs> understanding, and we we need. Uh, I, I like, like something I learned too is like, it's always like, not like, "Hey, fuck you for eating that." It's like, "Hey, no. dude, I don't care what you eat. You want to try a bite of this?" Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what I mean. And it's if like, you don't, that's I cool too. You like you're it. never gonna. I'm sure you're gonna like this. Yeah, you yeah. Try think, a bite? think about food. How how food brings <laughs> food brings all types of people together, the all walks of life. Absolutely, yeah. it's a, a connector. Yeah, know, that's why I, that's why I love um, Chef Scott and Chef Tall's motto: "World peace starts oh, in the yeah. kitchen." Because I think that's so true. To sit down with all types of people and eat Word good food up, together, homie. and like beautiful, and what you put in your body affects everything, your Absolute. mind, everything. So it affects the people around you. Yeah, hundred oh, percent. And your oh, loved yeah. ones. Oh dude. yeah. You know, I just want to. You know. Yeah. It's it's amazing, and I dude, I think the whole vegan thing's great. That whole animal connection to animals is a big deal for me, and uh, just getting, you know, I guess it's hard to get people to realize, like we were saying culturally, like dude, like my uncle, you know, that's got like a dog in the backyard with two X's in its eyes, you know, like like yeah. Lopez always jokes around with flies all over it, you know what I mean, like dude, you know what I mean, like that's his dog, and he loves his dog, but he just doesn't get it. No. Doesn't make the that, connection. Yeah. yeah, that's not how you love a dog. No, you know it's what I mean, not. but. But Not yeah, and, and also beyond that, you know, like maybe just early on we can teach our kids to just love well, we, all we, we animals. We can do that. Yeah. That's man. absolutely 100% certain doing that. Right. teaching the youth. I think that's absolutely the future. Less division. Just right. Yeah, my son's never had meat. He's very compassionate. That's beautiful, man. Yeah, he's 18. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's healthy as hell. That's mm-hmm. everything, man. Yeah. It's everything. So it's been a cool journey and I learned a lot. And I bring up PETA not because they're the only people doing great things. It's just... I don't know a ton, yeah. and that's who really introduced me to a lot of this that's world. Awesome, yeah. And, yeah. and uh, I through my friend over there, I got to meet uh, uh, the the founder, the mm-hmm. lady that it's ran cool. PETA, and I got to watch her speak, and I was so impressed. Mm-hmm. And cool. I just felt nice to be around so much compassion and kindness. Yeah, right. I love that. Yeah, it, it rubs off. It I really know. does. It really <laughs> totally does. does. <laughs> you know, so I try and support how I can. I love that, you know, man. Any way I can, 
make conscious decisions and yeah. eat in certain places, don't eat certain things, even if they are vegan. Some things are, you know, yeah. I guess. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Reason. yeah. totally. Yeah, reasoning. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Reasoning. So, this was amazing. It was three hours, man. Yeah. Wow. No, it wasn't. Yeah, man. It was, homie. Hey, everybody. I'm going to drop the whole thing. Though. I'm not doing the two parts. This is too good to separate. Dude, this is right. You did a great job, man. Thank you. I appreciate it, dude. That was... Dude, killer, bro. Get all the questions you want. Really you, I was really nervous, man. Nah, I, I was really them. nervous. Dude. I don't know you you seemed very I kept, professional. I kept trying to like look at my notes. It's like, all oh, good, fuck, though. I'm gonna get this wrong. You float. He did great, man. I meant to say fantastic. this the other way. I meant to jump fast. But you got all your questions in. You're all good. You learned a lot. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, dude, I just want to tell you one of the hardest lines of all time is all my heroes are people I already know. Thank you, man. Dude, that's one of the hardest lines because there was a time in my youth where I got to that and I was like, holy shit. You know, that's cool. Thank you. Yeah. I like that. But thank you for letting it's me do like, this, dude. Of course. This is fucking mind blow for me. What, are you yeah. taking that down? <laughs> I write down lines on my phone all day, dude. Well, <laughs> since, well, 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 since I didn't write any songs on the record, that goes on the Todd Morris. He wrote that. Wow. No way. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah that's Todd right. Morris. I think that's one of Todd the hardest Morris. lines ever Todd Morris. Now, Hey, I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't get to ask you that, dude. What, was it weird at the point when Todd got so busy that like you you just didn't see your brother every day anymore? Yeah, so that's a, that's a great question because so when H Toad did the hiatus, I had Hazen Street, ah, right. and then I was friends with Juliet Lewis and her sister, so I set yeah. the whole audition up. So when wow. Todd went to go to her house, first I met Juliet. We talked to her on the podcast. I met her at Amoeba and had to bring a copy of her latest record. So I met her in the, in the record section. We hung out and I gave her the Go album. Interesting. And then she listened to it. She loved it. She knew H Toad because she's seen us before because her sister's from Philly, and we mo- we which knew sister. Her. Uh, Deirdre is a good friend yeah. of my wife. And Deirdre, I worked worked with at the at, beauty bar. At beauty bar, that's and that's how my wife connected with her. <laughs> so, I, and I met Juliet in New York a while. Oh yeah, the beauty bar. Yeah. So, yeah. long story short, Todd went to Juliet's house. She pressed play on the boombox, and Todd had to stand in front of Juliet Lewis and play the songs in front of her. He was so fucking nervous, but he got the gig. So her, wow. her thing went from being like, hey, I'm going to try to sing in this band and do this thing to boom, like getting signed, uh, touring, fucking festivals blowing up. That went from like. To like eight years yeah yeah and my shit only lasted one year with hazen street so then i'm like oh my god i just fucking set my brother up with this amazing gig but now he's like wow. now it's a full-time gig so that's we had a, we got mitch we got a bunch of friends coming yeah. calling playing mitch, in the band dude. paul delaney a bunch of friends coming taking my brother's spot wow so you know my brother officially sent us an oh. email saying hey i can't do any more commitments i'm gonna have to back up not one of us nature responded to my brother's heartfelt email and i think <laughs> no! We we totally like we're not responding to that because Todd, Todd says Todd says we're in H two O. It's like the mafia. Like every time we try to leave, we pull you right back. <laughs> so so great, my brother's dude. been in and out for that past fifteen years. Oh yeah. And so every time he can do it, like because he's doing the, the May show with us. Oh. So uh, so anytime he come it, hang out with oh, us. Oh, he's, he's coming. Come on, he's coming. He's coming, man. I'm coming. Yo, he's coming. Yes, dude. And so. <laughs> We're bringing the RV. So We're then my brother, my brother, family, like my brother goes from Juliet Lewis for eight years to Offspring for like fucking ten years. So I'm <laughs> wow. so happy for him. He's an official member. He's the bass player now. He was the backup guitar player, but now he's the right up front bass player. You know, he, That's what's he, up. he's singing flies him in his plane. Like it's a crazy life. I'm happy for so my brother, dope, but dude. he's forever gonna be H2O because that's our baby, and he he was a big part of that with me and. uh when he can come back, he comes back. You know what I mean? That's cool. Me, me, and, yeah. your, me and your bro had, had a few little moments on tour here and there because he would always come find me, especially back in the day. Mm-hmm. He'd always come find me and he'd be like, hey, I know you got some weed. <laughs> yeah, and, I'd be like, and I'd be like, you're fucking right, bro. Oh, and my then, God. And then we'd go have our sesh, you know? But, yeah. but like, he was cool. And beyond the weed, the fact that your brother just took, <laughs> took the time to like 
bro down. Like, dude, yeah, yeah, how yeah. the fuck are you, man? Yeah. You know, and I always really appreciated that. And yeah. he's always done that consistently. Yeah. And uh, I'm uh, happy for him, man. Yeah, I really like that. You know, we played a, sh- a weird lineup in, what is that fest? It's somewhere, it's Belgium. One of those mm. only yeah, in yeah, Europe yeah, lineups yeah. where it was uh, Juliet Lewis, you guys. Wow. Us, him. Remember him? The guy? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that guy's really nice. He's like the nicest, like, mysterious guy I've ever met. You yeah. know what I mean? Wow. Like, he's like shrouded in mystery. You, yeah. know, you, know, you know what I mean? This is his whole thing. And he's then he was just, definitely mysterious. But he, like, like, I met him in a bar in New York. All right. And we're, we're all in there and all these people are showing up to this party with us and Mastodon and we're in New York hanging out. And this black like town car pulls up and the driver opens it and he gets out. And I swear to God, it's like he didn't take a step. He was like, shh. Into the bar, <laughs> yeah, the singer uh, uh, him. of him, yeah, she's floated in, dude. It's and then he finished energy, and floor. he walked up to the bar, and we were all just everybody was just so just like weirded out. And then he's just all, "What's up?" You know what I mean? Just <laughs> wow. like, "Oh, you're a human, you're dude. wow," you know, like. But that lineup was so bizarre, and I remember the whole day. We're like, "Dude, wow. who comes to these shows? These people are rad." You know, and it's a great show. Play. I love those Slash lineups, like too. really crazy mixed up shows yeah, in Slash, Europe. You know, like I wish yeah. happened in America, man. We're so lucky. It, it's it's like you'll go somewhere in Europe and play with like Steel Pulse and Madball. Yeah, we play. Yeah, with, we play. <laughs> you know, we're like most yeah. deaf and some other. We we H two O Madball Agnostic Front Wu Tang. What? An, 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 ice, an ice cube. What? An I have a picture cube. online. It's agnostic for an H2O. Oh, yeah, an ice, ice cube. cube. We're all chilling. Fuck. Was that in Montreal? No, it was in Europe somewhere. I mean, it was oh, fucking okay. bananas, oh, dude. Adam Blake was wasted up front doing the Wu-Tang symbol. Right on the stage. Like, you can do whatever the fuck you want. Like, he was... Oh, my God, man. Oh, so brilliant, dude. We're going to yeah. play more shows together in the U.S., though. I feel like... I don't know. I feel like it should be more stack bills like that. Diversity oh, absolutely. Yeah. In America. It, it seems like it's it's coming back with yeah. the fats that are coming up and everything. I would love so. to play more in America. It's always been... Difficult us for too. us. Yeah. We're, yeah. We're, 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 once things clear up, we're trying. We're going to pursue it. But I think they'd be fucking so, awesome. <laughs> you know? When's the last time you played New York? Uh, dude, with with Death by Stereo, it's been a few years, man. Like years. Damn. Like we just, for whatever reason, every time we try to get like a East Coast leg, something happened. And then we Who just- Who books your band? Uh, Dave at Covert. Okay. We had an East Coast tour book with Good Riddance that got canceled. We had an East Coast tour book with Strung Out. It got canceled. Like all these things kept happening. The last time we were in New York was with Ensign. Wow. At at uh, at uh, the Knitting Factory. Wow, Knitting Factory was a great venue. Knitting oh yeah, Factory. yeah, yeah. Wow. And with Ensign, yeah. dude. Like, Damn, it was that's, so that's dope. awesome. It was so dope. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, dude. But yeah, stack bills, all that shit. Only in Europe, dude. I know. So many fantasy lineups. Like, oh, dude, we're playing with Queens Rack and Biohazard. It's like, yeah. oh, we're playing with uh, Journey <laughs> and uh, Bloister Colt. Yeah. You know, I'm just like, did I, am I here doing interviews we, hearing Bloister Colt? I'm yeah, like, we played with King what? Diamond, and I got to hang out with King Diamond. All his makeup was wild. That's, oh, dude. Okay. You, you guys have or been merciful fate, so, huh? good, yeah. so good. So good. Merciful fate. You, you guys know this, and, 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 and I was talking to you. Uh, I think I might have talked to you about this before, but I was talking to Brandon from Bleeding Through about this. Like, you'll be in catering at a festival, uh-huh. and there's a dude with, like, spikes, and he's yeah. wearing like, a staff that looks like a TV antenna or something. <laughs> it's corpse paint, and he's like, the scalloped potatoes are great. Yeah. <laughs> the delicious today. The scalloped potatoes are you know, amazing. Yeah, like his normal voice, right? <laughs> totally. He's all like, scary looking. Oh, all- can I please have some more peas oh, totally. over here on the side, please? A, Dude, it's so a true, very man. very well-spoken European guy. You know, very good. In, Always you know, that proper. way, right? Oh, yeah. Brent, Brent, pass pass for, me the peas, please. Can you please pass those peas? From bleeding through, I don't know what band <laughs> it was, but he told me they, you know, they were supporting some big black metal band. And he's like, dude, there was a couple nights where, you know, neither of our bands are big. So we're playing this tiny room and we're all in this dressing room. And he's all, I'm just sitting in a chair 
watching the show as these four black metal dudes in this tiny basement are shuffling around each other because they got spikes coming off their legs. And oh, excuse me. Excuse me. Oh, excuse me. Trying to navigate out of there yeah. on stage with their guitars. And, that's amazing. Dude, he's just watching the show. You know, he's like, wow, look at this. Love yeah, I can't wait to get back and do that, man. Me oh, yeah. too. I want to get annihilated by someone. fucking black metal bands at a festival. Yeah, so bad. I want to, I want to, <laughs> it's I want, so rad because it's the best day of like, I want, I want, seeing all your favorite bands, and then you're yeah. like, oh man, our band's on head. I missed the hot catering, been sitting out in the sun all day. Oh my god. Sweaty meat. Dude, well, thank, you, yo, thank you so much. And thank you. That was amazing. And this first, gracias, amigo. first time gracias. ever Nada. ever doing like a deep dive on that was what really fucking fun, man. That was very like that. cool, man. Thank very you. cool. What, yo, thank you, brother. And what I, what I learned <laughs> from this. Thank you for letting me be a nerd. <laughs> what, <laughs> thank you for letting me be a nerd. Honestly, man. Thank you for letting me be a nerd. What I learned from this is the H2O's work ethic compared to Separatorius is zero. <laughs> and that we put six <laughs> albums out in 26 <laughs> years. Six <laughs> albums in 26 years. One covers album. So seven albums. That's not a lot of records, man. <laughs> You did it at your own pace, man. Yeah, I guess so, and man. You did some crazy touring, though. Yeah, I know. And you have a live at CBGB's under your belt, bro. <laughs> Damn. Come on. Facts. Nobody That's gets that, dude. No, nah, I'm, I'm very... I, I just wish we did make more music. But I'm gonna I'm gonna be diving into some of your old music, man. All right, cool. Hell Seriously, yeah! After this, I, I really and the covers can't album, wait, yeah. man. Yeah, thank you, bro. I'm looking forward to it. Stoked. Well, thanks, thanks for being here. Oh, oh, and really quick, what? I wanted to send a shout out, Mike okay. from the Adolescents. Mm-hmm. Really <gasps> appreciated all the love. Hey! Will you come on the podcast someday? Oh, absolutely. Okay, and we'll get Tony out here. Too. Okay, okay. And, 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 in the lab, look at the microscope. So good. I know it's so good. <laughs> so he loved all the shout outs. Uh, he loved it, and so he mailed me a box which I brought for you guys from his company, Learn to Forget. Awesome, I man. Shout thank out you. Learn to Forget Brand. Thank you. Out. So yeah, he thank hooked you guys man. up with some, That's some new big. threads. And, That's and, big. I, and, I, and I hope he knows that I feel bad that I'm a such an adolescence poser, but I'm gonna step it up. <laughs> Oh, I am because of you. Cool. You schooled me on it. Like I know the songs. I know the importance of them. Amiba, amiba, I know that song. Amiba. I know that song. You know, in Manic, we do Amigo. Ooh. Oh, perfect. Do you perfect. think Amoeba got their name from that band? I don't know, but mm. Adolescence made a parody. Shirt Maybe. that says Amoeba in their logo on an adolescent shirt. It's just, let's yeah. just say they did. Like, and I yeah, saw adolescents play Amoeba at Amoeba. So would it be cool if Amoeba really, would Amoeba be even way cooler if they got it from that? Because oh, they'd be awesome. Way cooler. There's yeah. a record store They're in cool. Fullerton called Black Hole that's named after okay. Kids of the Black Hole. So that's something. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, Ephraim, dude, that was an amazing. You did, you, yeah, you did a great job. Ephraims. You did your research. You fucking really deep dive. <laughs> you dived did and, your research. I know it went man. on and on, dude, but I had it's to get okay. through every record, man. It's okay. I needed to know. Right. I, I love that. I need to know. This is three hours and ten minutes. So I'm not going to cut it in half. Yeah. Everybody asked for this. They wanted this. I think music thank people you, that love will really appreciate this deep dive, man. And thank you no to doubt. all of your guys' fans who have definitely reached out to me on social cool. media. Awesome. That's awesome. That. I appreciate Thank you so much. That's so cool. Like, Thank you all out there for being so cool. And just I love that, man. Yeah, man. reaching out. You, you, so cool, you are man. a loved person, man. And people love, people love and appreciate you, no man. Doubt, no I doubt. Felt, I felt the love and I've seen all the comments. And oh, shit. yeah. That's cool, man. Yeah. Well, cool, right on. <laughs> All right. All right. Thanks for being here. From yeah. this is part two. There could be a part three. We don't know yet when it's going to happen next, but Yay! it could happen. Thank you so much for listening to the One Life One Chance podcast. I appreciate your subscriptions. Please rate, review, spread the word, share it, whatever you can do. I appreciate it so much. I'm having so much fun doing this podcast, and I appreciate all the support. You guys are fucking awesome.